Blog Talk Radio.
Ready? Okay. All right. Two chapters of the Bible we're going to read today. And it's Genesis, uh, I'm going to let my wife read Genesis 2 slowly as I interact or stop <laughs> little by little. And then Bennett, Brother Bennett's going to read out chapter 3. But we're going to start in chapter 2. Chapter 2 comes before 3. And we're going to explain uh, what God uh, wanted us to know and understand out of His Word. Um, one thing about the Word of God that um, a lot of people don't realize that the Word of God is prophetic. And what I mean is the Word of God can talk to you about the past, the present, and the future. Why is that? Because Jesus is the Word, and He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there you go. Past, present, and future. <laughs> so when you read the Word, uh, it may apply to you, to you now, or, or you think, oh man, I went through that, your past, or, or, or God is telling you you're going to go through it. So, uh, so please, uh, we got to keep that in mind mm -hmm. so we can have a better understanding of the Word of God. Because a lot of people focus only on the present. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible says that you don't know what your tomorrow will be. But then, if you always look at things that way and you only focus on, on, on the present, uh, a lot of time it's not helpful for you or you're not too helpful for other people. You see, you, you always want to be a blessing to someone else. So, in order for you to be a blessing to someone else, you need to understand who Jesus is. Or how God, how God speaks to your life, to your past, your present, and your future. There are things in the past of your life that God wants to heal in the present. There are things that we are changing in the future in the present. Right now. So, uh, it's very important that we keep our mind open to the Word, open to the Lord to help us understand it. Amen? So go ahead, uh, chapter 2 of Genesis, huh? verse 2, I mean verse 1. You know. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. Okay. Thus the, the heaven and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. The host talks about the, the army, or the angel, then living in them. So the heaven and the earth were finished and all the holes of them. Everything that, that God wanted to create in heaven, He finished. Everything that God wanted to create on the earth, He also finished. Amen. So, if everything was finished in Genesis 2-1, then what else is, is it that needs to be made? I want you to answer honestly from your heart. If everything, Genesis 2-1 says that everything was finished, everything in heaven was finished, all the holes, and all the holes from earth was also finished. So, if everything was finished, then what else needs to be made? Thank you, Lord. Nothing else. Nothing else. And then why didn't God keep speaking after that? Why He keeps telling us after that about the things? What God is doing is explaining to us how things went about. Everything was finished in the beginning, but now He's going to go to help us understand how things went about. That's what it is. Go ahead, verse 2. For in the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. In the seventh day, he rested from all his work, which he had made. There you go. In seventh day, he made, he, he ended his work, which he had made. So, all the work that God had made in the heaven, all the angels, seraphim, cherub, you know, archangel, they were all done. Everything is finished. 
man, animal, tree, grass, you know, river, sea, all done, fish, all done. So God is finished with his creation by this time. Praise the Lord. So if God is finished with his creation, then what God is about to say next, he wants us to pay attention to. To help us understand his creation of what he wants. Now God rested from his work. Did it mean that God was tired? No. God was not tired from his work. God rested, it will be God finished his work. Because God doesn't get tired. God is only present. He's the Almighty. He has all power. God is not limited by getting tired. By his creation, in another word. His creation doesn't make him tired. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. So it's like, with that, with what you're saying, with him rest, he rested. It will, it will more apply to us. Yes. Because uh, this is the future, and we get tired. Yes. So he yes. knew that ahead of time. Yes. He said, "Keep your mind open." And He's telling us from the past that in the present we were gonna get tired, mm -hmm. and and we require rest. Not that God requires rest, but we do. We do. Amen. And also that God puts an end to everything He made. In other words, things can seem that they go on forever, but God puts an end to it. God is going to put an end to evil. Okay? And then we enter His rest. Amen? We, when, and so when we, the Bible rests, it actually said that when we enter His rest, we begin to live forever. So resting is living forever. Isn't that incredible? Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. Okay. Verse 3. So God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. There you go. He rested from all his work that he, he, had, that he created and he had made. That means there was nothing else that needed to be made. God made everything in the beginning. In other words, uh, some preachers say God spoke the word in the beginning, and in our present it, it come to pass. Amen. Like for example, when two parents wants to have a, a, a baby, because the word was spoken in Genesis, the word comes alive in them, and then the baby comes into the womb. Because God already spoke it, be fruitful and multiply, and we'll come to that later on. But just to give you an idea how powerful the word of God is. That the word of God cannot be held by age or timing. There's nothing in creation that can hold the word of God back. This is why if we believe the word, there is nothing that can stop the words from manifesting in our by faith in our life. This is why we always have to believe the word no matter what. Because the word will come to pass. It's not held by age or by time by anything. Of course, everything is done in God's timing. Now, the seventh day. Seven is the number of perfection. Seven is Jesus Christ. He's perfection, right? Seven is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So we rest when we come to Jesus. When Jesus comes to us, He gives us rest. When we go to Him, we rest completely. So God is telling us, look, uh, I'm giving you rest. I'm giving you rest. But you can, you can enter my rest. You can enter my son when you end your, your race. In other words, but for, for now, we got to continue until our race is ended, and then we enter into the rest of the Lord Jesus Christ. His peace is everlasting peace. 
Amen. So God spoke about Jesus right from the beginning of Genesis. Go ahead, two four. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Amen. So these are the generations. So God is saying to us, now I'm going to explain to you when these things were created and in the day the Lord God created the earth and the heaven, uh, he's going to give us, like when we say, let me give you a detail about it. Let me explain to you what went about. They've already been done. They've already been made. But let me tell you how they, how they went about. Go ahead. Verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, neither was there a man to till the ground. Amen. Now, verse 5. Every plant of the field before it was on the earth. Okay, so what do you mean before it was on the earth? Where was before then the earth? He's telling us about another life in heaven. Another life which we know is in heaven. Before it was on the earth, grass was already on earth. The Bible says that the heaven was created first and the earth. So that means everything that is created down here was already in earth, the animal, and all God creation was. Was it in heaven or in earth? Because it says in every plant of the field before it was on the earth. Before it was on the earth, it must have been somewhere. It must have been in heaven. In heaven. When I was taken to heaven, that's one thing I noticed. That the earth is similar to the, to the, uh, to the first heaven. Very similar. It's like a copy of the... But although the, I believe it is much bigger out there. But it's like a copy of the earth. Why is it like that? Because before everything was on the earth, it was already in heaven. God tells us in his word that the heaven was created first. So if, if they say the earth was not created yet, and the heaven was created, then we must have been up there first. We were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the earth, the Apostle Paul says. We are chosen in Christ before the foundation of the earth. What does that mean? We were in heaven first. We were in heaven first. We were in the mind of God. Uh, at one time, the Father showed me that he, he had us in his mind. You know? And a preacher said that if God stopped thinking about us, we, we just dissipate. We are in, always in his mind. That's why we are. God's thoughts is not like ours. His thoughts are alive. And those are lost. Alive in God's thoughts. You know? So we, we were somewhere before all this. Before God created the earth and all that. We know that before God created the earth, Satan and the angel have fallen already. They were falling. This is why everyone believes that Genesis 1-1 says that uh, in the beginning the earth uh, was void and without form. Why? Because they, they destroyed the earth. They ruined it when God made it. The earth was made a long time ago. Why was it void and without form? Because Satan is not a creator. You imagine if God did not fill the earth with planting human and animal, these demons would have been running around for thousands of years with nothing. Not an apple for them to eat. Everything was in complete darkness. Darkness, dead. Right. You know? And it must have been horrible for them. They had no light. Yeah. Actually, no light was only in, the, in heaven. So that's why he formed light to let light yes. overshadow the darkness. There was no sun before the earth. The sun was created after the earth. So there was, it was, everything was completely void. When Jesus showed me the earth, when the earth was void, 
And the earth was like Mars right now. No life, no water, no plants, nothing. And when I saw that, I was shocked. But it helped me understand yeah. the power of God when he created all this. All these trees, all these houses, everything we see is, is by the word of the Lord that they were created. And that helps us understand. Go ahead. But a mist went up from the earth and watered all the earth. See, with imperfection, you don't need rain. Because the mist comes from the earth, up, the earth, uh, up from the earth, and watered all the earth. So in the beginning, when there was perfection, there was no rain. You don't need to worry about going out and, oh, I'm going to get wet. Because from the bottom up, because the root of the trees are where? Down below. And the bottom below the water. So the root of the tree is what drinks water. Yes. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the rivers in the beginning. The water came from up, from below, and filled the land, filled, filled the rivers. And from there, people could drink water, and the water was pure. You know? So there was no rain. You don't need it to get up. If you get up at 5, five o'clock in the morning, you're not going to get wet. The water is already there. You may see the water coming up from the ground. That's what caused the dew that comes out from the ground. Yes. 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 But it was so perfect in the beginning. It was like the, the earth itself was a filter, mm -hmm. which when the water came up, the water was being filtered. So the water was so pure yes. in the beginning because the whole earth was like a filter to the water. So everything was in order. Animal did not like water. Water was abundant. I mean, water was abundant. Fruit was abundant. Tree was abundant. Look at this. Why do we have so much uh, gray and brown leaf in the trees? Because the tree doesn't, eat wa doesn't drink water on top. It drinks water in the bottom. So when the water comes on the disobedient from the top down, it takes a while for the water to settle on the ground and go below for the root to begin to. But when God did it, he did it perfect. He did that the water will come from the bottom, and so the root will drink first, and then the, the plant will last thousands of years. Yes. And always green and beautiful. Amen. See, the mind of God works. This is why the Bible says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know, we're thinking, oh, we need water. And God said, oh, I just need to bring water up. And that's it. You'll be better off. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Uh, verse uh, 7. The Lord God also made the man of the dust of the ground and breathed in his face breath of life. And the man was a living soul. Now, when God made man, water was still coming out from the bottom. Man is what? Over 70% water? Yes. So, I would say it was easier for God to make men out of the earth because God wanted to make men over 70% water. So it was easy because the water was already there. So when he ground the earth, when he got the earth, it was, into, to, it was easy for him to make the mud or make the man, the sign man, because he already had all the water mixed with the dust. Mm -hmm. You know, I imagine that the dust was always wet because the water came from below, not from the top. And so when he made man... He made a 70% water because he, he got it from, from the dirt. The Bible doesn't even say that man was made 70% water. God, God only tells us that he was only made from the dirt. But if you check a human being and you study it, you're going to find all that water in the flood. So God in his wisdom, this is what he the way he, he chose to design. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There you go.
Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. So we're in Genesis 2, 15. And the Lord God took man and put him into the, into the garden of Eden that he might dress and keep it. God did a, another pre-rapture there. That's what I see, another pre-rapture where God took man. He takes the bride and put her in heaven. So that's 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 a pre-rapture. Anybody else remember uh, the, the, the there was another rapture? Okay, yeah. And um, Genesis two eight, that was another pre-rapture. And the Lord God planted a garden in the eastward of the uh, of the Eden, and there He put the man who He had made. So that's a pre another pre-rapture. So in two eight two fifteen two rapture we see in Genesis as it was in the beginning. So it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Amen. Amen, Jesus said. Praise the Lord. So do you want to go ahead and read after Genesis 2.15? Uh, 2.16 next. Mm-hmm. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Thou shalt eat freely of every tree of the garden. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt die the death. In the day, look, look, God is very specific with everything. That's why when you read the word, you got to notice little things. Because God is very specific about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Thou should not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat thereof, thou should die in the dead. What do we say about God? Jesus is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the past, the present, and the future. The day is a thousand years. With God, a day is a thousand years, says Peter, in his writing. So he's talking about the millennium in Genesis. The future thousand years, he talks about it in Genesis. Now, because Adam and Eve ate from the fruit and did not obey God and did not listen, the first thousand years doesn't count. Adam and Eve, Adam lived to 940 years, right? Yes. He did not make it to the whole day, to the 1,000 years of God. And his 940 year doesn't count. You know why? Because it was in the, under disobedience. Mm-hmm. It has to be under obedience that the thousand year will come. Mm-hmm. That's why God is giving us another day, another millennium. But it has to be under obedience, under Christ, in order for it to count. Because, see, God doesn't make a mistake. When God gave Adam the first day, the first thousand year, it was for Adam to fulfill that first thousand day, and then Adam will, will be gone to heaven. Because it doesn't talk about a second day. He talks about one day. That means that Adam was only supposed to be an obedient on earth one, one thousand year. It's right there in Genesis. Go ahead, verse 18. Also the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be himself alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And just to finish verse 17, that thou should uh, eat this thereof, that thou should die the dead. After man ate, after he finished the, 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 his days, his thousand years, it was for him to move on. Dead is not the end in God. It is just a moving on. When you die, you, you, you don't end. You just move on. That's what dead is really is in the Lord. Which is it's 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 applied differently uh, on the earth. People say, "Oh, it is the end of that person." No, person just move on. Verse, so you read verse eighteen. Mm-hmm. Also, Lord God says, "It is not good that man should be himself alone. I will make him a help, a help, 
uh, meat for him. Now, you notice something. Adam did not pray for a wife. God saw that Adam needed a bride. In the will of God, you don't need to pray. God knows exactly what you need, and he gives it to you. It, it is under disobedience that we need to pray. We need to ask. We need to beg. We need to seek. In other words, because it's under disobedience. But under obedience, we never have to ask. Before we ask, as in the book of Revelation, he already had granted it to us. He's going to give us, each one of us, our desire, but only under obedience. That's why under this obedience where we are, uh, which is having mercy under the blood of Jesus, we need to pray, pray daily, daily, every day we need to repent. We need to seek the Lord. But under obedience, before we ask, God, oh God already knows what we need. And God knew that uh, Adam needed a, a, a bride, a wife. And so before Adam asked, he immediately went to work for his wife. Go ahead, continue this verse. So the Lord God formed of the earth every beast of the field and every fowl of the heaven and brought them unto the man to see how he would call them. For whosoever the man named the living creature, so was the name thereof. See, Adam has the wisdom to call anything by your name. It don't matter what it was, he could call it by your name. He had the wisdom from God. Go ahead. The man thereof gave names unto all cattle, and to the fall of the heaven, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam found he not an helper meet for him. Amen. And here, the one seeking for a helper, uh, he named name to all the cattle and the fall of the heaven and every beast and all that. Uh, you see that Adam has the wisdom, like men would have the wisdom to name the star, the planets, and all that. We know that, that God names the star, the moon, the sun, and all that. They all have a name. But man have to, have, has the obligation to name any other things, any strange type of fish, any, any, any strange type of animal. We had, we had the knowledge to name them, and that's why they're being named in the last day. But it was God, the originator, the, the creator of that, of that mentality, of the mind to men. So Adam was still looking for, Adam was looking for a helper, and God already knew his need. Amen. Verse 21, go ahead. Therefore the Lord caused a heavy sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh, and said, thereof. Now, the Bible said, therefore, that God caused him a heavy sleep. God was the one that invented medication in the beginning. The first, uh, God is the first doctor in, in, in Genesis. He anesthesia. Is, the first anesthesia <laughs> came from God. And I'm sure it's the best, though, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and God put Adam to sleep. Notice that he is not injecting him with a needle. Mm-mm. He is not injecting him with a needle. And if he did, it would have told us so. But we, we see God's medical um, knowledge of human being applied by putting him to sleep. When a doctor puts a patient to sleep, he uses something. Well, it doesn't say what God uses here. So we have to say his power. God uses power. So greater doctor is the Lord. They call Jesus physician in his time when he was doing ministry. Therefore, the Lord God caused him to have his sleep. So whatever anesthesia he gave him, 
It must have been the best because he put him to sleep to fall upon the man, and the man slept, and he took one of his ribs. He was such a asleep, the Adam did not feel God taking one of his ribs. We know that today doctors do, do remove ribs from people because of different things. They have to cut them. They have to use machines to cut the ribs because they're very strong. The bones are very hard. They have to be cut. God did this painless. God removed a rib painless. Amen. And the patient did not have an, afterward no no sickness. No no <laughs> no pain. No pain. He didn't even have to rest to recover. No recovery. So God is showing that to us that He is the best physician. Mm-hmm. And that when He does something in us, we don't need recovery. Because Adam did not need recovery. So Amen. Instant. Yeah. Some people may say that Adam was still recovering because of what he did in, in Genesis chapter 3. Yeah. and Because he was still uh, having illusion from the anesthesia. Mm-hmm. Satan went and deceived Eve. Mm-hmm. Some people may mm-hmm. say that. But it doesn't say that, that, that Adam uh, had any after effect. Because we read about a lot of medication that had after effect. We have to talk about everything because remember, we we're, we're, there'll be people listening from all mm-hmm. parts of the world, and they already got those teachings. And we have to really be on the word and show them that those teachings are not correct. Well, they're forgetting that what God does is perfect. Exactly. So he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and set thereof. He did a fine. Uh, he was a fine surgeon. He did a fine surgery on Adam. Amen. And, and it doesn't say if he lives in, he left any scar or he needed any re, any recovery. It doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. But if, if he needed all that or if he left any scar, uh, we would have knew. It would have said it on the word. Verse 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her to the man. So some people may argue and say Eve was not made from the dust. The man was dust. Because uh, it was one of Adam's ribs. When he was already formed, his rib was already formed from the dust. The perfection, from that perfection, God takes a rib that is already perfect. It is not something that he, he God has to right. make perfect. Yeah. The rib was perfect. To remake it. To remake it. Right. right. So God, from perfection, made woman. So, in, you know, in, in the last ages, women in the workplace have shown more intelligence than men. The CIA, most of their employees are women. And one of the reasons is because they find out that women can withstand more than men and under a lot of pressure. And we men have to really say it is true because when women are in labor, if a man is in labor, he'll die. I honestly tell you that. And women can withstand the pressure of having not one or two, but several children. There have been cases of uh, uh, triplets. Quadruplets. Yeah. Six, seven kids in one. In one birth. There was this lady that had eight kids. In labor, in one labor, in one labor, which that is more the most painful, pressure, the, the, more, the most under pressure situation that any human being can be under. And women have come out of that like nothing. In a few days, they're walking, they're taking care of this baby. 
they're feeding them, they're <laughs> breastfeeding them. So women were made under the perfection of Adam from the rib that was already made perfect. Then God made women. So the process of women understanding and dealing with more pressure than men, it, it might have to do with the DNA. Maybe science are not caught up with that yet because they are investigating why. But as the CIA over the year has sent men into the field and women, women have had, I heard, I think it was over 80%, 86% better efficient than men under pressure. Most of the men have failed the mission, but the women have been successful over 86%. I heard this from former CIA women on a program online, on, 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 the, on the television. And I thought I was very interested in that. Because in a lot of even companies today where they have CEO, they are ten, they are, the tendency has been moving to women because women have been able to handle large, large pressure in large company and have come out very successful. So the success rate is much higher than men. And that's the reason. That's the reason. So as we read the Word of God, to help us understand women, I think it must be because women are, clo are more out of perfection than men. Men have to evolve. Women did not have to evolve because women were just made out of something that already evolved, the rib of the men. So women can move on. Men are still evolving. So we don't, we're not going to call men dumber, like some people say, oh, they just, no. they're more idiots than women say. That's not it. <laughs> they are just, and just to help us understand, because there's people that, that's how they express oh, themselves. Goodness. But just to help understand that, 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 that the process of evolution on men is still going on. You see, you hardly hear any women talking about evolution, men are. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Go ahead. Verse, verse 20. 23, I'm sorry. Then the man said, This now is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Now, everything in Hebrew is related to the creation. If, uh, let's say Moses. Why was he called Moses? Because he was taken out of the water. Everything in Hebrew goes with the evolution of things, how things evolve, how things are made, actually. When Adam called the rib that God took and made woman, woman, okay, he is calling her the mother, the mother of all. Creation, it is found in the woman, in the womb of the mother. And the womb of the mother is where God creates man. I want you to think about this. In the womb of the mother now, God created the first man from the ground. But now the second man that comes after that, it is created in the womb of the mother. What is in the womb of the mother that is what God uses to create man? Everything that man needs to survive. Think about that. The liquid, the food, Everything that a baby needs to survive is in the womb of the mother. Okay? That's why women's bodies are totally different than men's body. Because God created women in a way where when they have a baby, the baby can survive in them. And they have all the ingredients to survive. So Adam, hallelujah, after he saw God made woman and saw, see, God, 
Adam at this time had the perfect wisdom, perfect understanding. He could see directly into Eve and, and notice all her DNA and everything, how she is formed so perfect that in the womb of her, she can have a baby and conceive it and call her women, the, the, the mother of all. There's another word in Hebrew. I'm trying to think of the word in Hebrew that I heard a rabbi say in the original Hebrew what the word woman really means in the original Hebrew. And it has to be, it's like the mother of all. She can mother everything in her, baby, girl, boy. You see, she can mother them. Amen, go ahead. Therefore shall man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one see, flesh. look how Adam sees woman now. Besides seeing her as the mother of all girls and all boys, now she, he doesn't see her just as that. He also sees her where men can cleave to her. Okay? Men can depend on her. Because she is so strong that if men were her, no matter what they confront together with as a couple, they will withstand on this earth. Imagine how Adam is looking at Eve, and he's understanding the whole wiring of women. We don't have that capability today, because of the Adam and Eve sin, Adam lost the knowledge, the understanding, and this is why women say today, men don't understand us. It is true. There's not a single man on this earth that understands women. So what do we have to do? We have to cleave to them, and we have to work with them. We may not understand them completely, but we have to love them as they are. In other words, we may not understand. We may not understand them. And the woman may complain and say, you know, oh, this man doesn't understand me. But then we have to try. And, and one thing you learn, you try, you make error, and you make error, and you make error. But women have also had to understand us. We, what woman needs to understand from the Word of God is that men don't understand her. And that gives women the peace to know that as men is trying to please her in every way possible, he is, is going to fail somewhere because we don't understand the whole ordeal. We used to understand women in the garden. We don't anymore. See, Adam understood Eve 100%. What Adam understands today, can you understand women and Adam understand her? No. No, because it was God's knowledge and wisdom, and we lost that in the garden. God, of course, God can give us today the wisdom and understanding. Of course, He did. But we are still evolving as a creature. We're still evolving. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go ahead. Keep continuing. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. There was no shame in them because they... I believe that when we get to the full knowledge of God in heaven or beyond, being naked, it's not going to be, oh, look at you. Because you have total peace over everything. But they, everyone I see in heaven have clothes on themselves. You know? So praise the Lord. Now, Brother Ben, uh, 
chapter 3 of Genesis. Chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Okay, hold on there. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. When the devil got hold of the serpent, because we know Satan got hold of the serpent, right? The serpent became subtle. In other words, she was not subtle. <coughs> it was Satan being deceitful. In order for him to deceive Adam and Eve, he became subtle. He 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 would take he became calm. He became a steel. I don't know if you've seen a lion hunt. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen a lion hunting when he has to be steel for his prey. Uh, sometimes serpent when they're about to catch a mouse, they also become steel, saddle, very saddle, with hardly any move to be able to catch the prey. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go ahead. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, the woman tells the serpent with the, with the where the tree in the garden is. She told the serpent, the, gar the tree is in the midst of the garden. The pastor told me that the serpent did not know what the tree was. She heard about the tree, but she did not know where it was. And in order for her to know and tend them to sin, either Adam or Eve needed to tell her where it was, because the Lord was not going to tell them. You know, God was not going to tell them. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things of the Lord belongs to the Lord, and the revealed things belongs to men. God will reveal to us what we need to know. And why God told Adam and Eve, where was the, the tree? So they would stay away from it. Don't go, don't even go by it. But Satan needed to find out where it was, so he can lead them to the tree and make them fall. You see, so he told him, mm -hmm. I don't know if this is called a witness in Eve. Was it a witness as he told the serpent? Or it was it because it was, it was a, such a friendly and good situation where she saw no evil, or she thought no evil, that she did not know any evil. Right. So if you don't know evil, you're not even thinking about it. Right. She just spoke her mind. Some people say, I'm just, I'm just picking my mind. She spoke her mind, but she revealed to, the, to Satan, where was the tree in the midst of the garden? Oh, God, that must have been sad. Go ahead. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. There you go. That is the first light of Satan. That is the first light of Satan, that contradicting God's word was the first light of Satan. Satan always looks to contradict the word. It don't matter what preacher it is, who is, who is preaching, who is bringing the message, we have to be careful that the word of God is not being contradicted because Satan was the first that contradicted the word. I, I have encountered or have heard people that contradict the word. 
And when you are listening to a message and someone is contradicting a word, be careful. That's what I'm going to tell you. Be careful. Go ahead. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, as he said, you will be as gods. You will be as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Satan says, is saying to her. Amen. Now, the word God also come applying to other God beside God, the, the original God. You say, you, he, he doesn't say you will be like God, the Almighty. He's not talking about the Almighty. He also could be referring to other gods. Then that, that is planting the idea onto the mind of Eve here that there are other gods before Elohim, the Almighty. And that is totally false. That is totally false. There's no other God besides the Lord, the God. When he gave him the Ten Commandments, he told him that. Okay? Because it was Satan that planted this idea in, in Eve's mind. As God. He doesn't say as God. God, G-O-D, is referring to the Almighty. But when it gives you the X there, you see the S there? S. Talking about more than one. Being besides God. Knowing good and evil. He totally... Deceiving them and lying to them. Go ahead. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took off the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave unto also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. You see, we see that there was no resistance. Upon eating the fruit because the fruit looked good. And the fruit looks like it was that it was good to give knowledge. Because the, the fruit they represent the knowledge of good and evil. And now the Satan had opened to them the curiosity to know whether this this fruit was gonna change the life. And it did change the life but not for good. Because there are things they are teaching up there. That they'll tell you that they will change your life. Yes, they will. They will. But it will not be according to the will of God. It will be to deceive you or mislead you. I have known great women, men of God, who have listened to other teaching and had gone themselves very confused. Their life has changed. They are not the men or women of faith anymore they used to be. There's a lot of teaching up there that will change your life. I agree with that. I agree. They're teaching like that that will change your life. Amen. Go ahead. Okay. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Amen. There, there goes with the knowledge. They immediately they noticed they were naked, and they sew fig leaves together. With the little knowledge, with the knowledge they had left, they took leave, and I'm sure they immediately began to fig tree, they, to, to sow. Sowing, the knowledge of sowing was in them, and they began to, to make a clothing. But it looked like the clothing was not good enough because God made them clothing afterward. Yes. Amen. So the sowing, the knowledge of sowing clothes was in the, and was in the mind of Adam and Eve when God made them. If they would have made this clothing when they were under total obedience, they would have made uh, clothing of leather, 
in so, so much other clothing they would have made under that perfection. More better clothing than what we have today in the knowledge of Adam and Eve have. But when they got fallen and they got confused, the knowledge became dark. They were not able to have the wisdom they had in the beginning. Now they took leave and they did what they could with it. Amen. Go ahead. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. When they felt the presence of the Lord in the garden, they began to hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. Because the presence of the Lord is best to be to come upon you when you after you repent. Not before. A lot of people when they are praying, they call the presence of God before they repent. That's not the way you should do it. You should repent first, your sin, and then call the presence of God in your life and your your household. A lot of people do it the opposite. I heard people doing things that I said, this is totally wrong. When God told Moses to make the sacrifice, for Aaron to make the sacrifice for the people, he first was told to him to make sacrifice for himself, for his own sin. Why? Because our sins are against us. And there's a war between God and us. So let's say if a minister in a church under, under fornication or adultery it's calling the presence of God. He actually is just calling judgment upon himself and upon the church because he's not repenting. Sin, the sin is still between him and God. And, and there have been cases where people that do this and they get full of demons. Listen careful. This is important. There are people under sin that call the presence of God and they get full of demons. Ministers that call the presence of God who are not repenting daily as they should, who are still committing adultery and fornication, and they get full of demons. And then they think it's God. The devil deceives them to think that they're still full of the presence of God. And that is wrong. That is wrong. Even some people after they're in that church, or that minister calling the presence of God, God will show them to a dream of vision. Look, this person is just full of demons. And the person is still asking God for a confirmation to lead them out. You don't need to ask God for confirmation when he tells you the person is full of demons. You know, unless you know the person is a sincere man of God, woman of God, who is repenting, who truly seek the Lord, because the Spirit will give witness to our spirit that we are the sons of God. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 8. Yeah. Amen. Go ahead. And, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked. I hid myself. Hitting yourself is running like the wicked runs when no one pursues it. It's because he is so ashamed of his sin. He's always thinking someone is following him. At this moment, Adam is like the wicked. He's running from God. He's hiding himself from God because he knows he's wrong. You know, he knows he's wrong. And what he needs to do is repent. It's honestly what he needed to do. But he's not taking the approach to repenting. You're going to hear a different approach that Adam took, that there are some people in the churches that take the same approach of Adam. They begin to justify themselves. And when you begin to justify themselves, you're, you're falling deeper sin. You're falling deeper sin. You're just making God ang- angry with you because you are not repenting. Go ahead, brother. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? 
and hast thou eaten of the tree where I commanded thee that thou shalt not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Now, he's telling God that the woman, why is he telling God the woman? Because it was God that made Eve out of his rib. And to Adam, God made her, especially out of the rib that was already formed. God made her perfect. Women was perfect in other way around women. And to Adam, to look up, to look up this woman God made that gave him out of the fruit. You know, I don't understand how deep he knew that she was being deceived from the, from, from, by the serpent. Oh, I heard a pastor say that's because Adam loved his wife so much he didn't want to lose her. He knew all the consequences because God already told him. But because he loved her so much and she was so beautiful. And because he was seeking for a wife among the animal and none was found. You know, he, when he finally found this woman, made <laughs> by God, he did not want her to let go. Amen. So men give the life of the woman. There have been many cases around the earth, thousands of them. Mm -hmm. Amen. Go ahead. And the Lord said, and the Lord God said unto the woman, What is thou that hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Okay. Now, Eve does the same like Adam. They don't say, I'm sorry to God. But they tell God it was someone else that made them do this. She's blaming, Adam blamed his wife. Eve is blaming the serpent. God don't want to hear that. God, what, what God wants to hear from you and I is, I'm sorry I made a mistake, God. Please forgive me. That is the attitude that you and I should always have toward God and His commandment. You break God's commandment. You say, God, I'm sorry for breaking your commandment. I'm truly sorry. Please forgive me. Cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Those are the words God wants to hear from our lips. Now that this other person made me do it, and that's why I did it. Well, your sins are still before you. God wants true repentance. Amen. Go ahead, brother. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and the dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now, a lot of people wonder, because God is, is cursing the serpent, but that curse will also come upon Satan himself. Because Satan was already cursed when he was kicked out of heaven in his disobedience and sin. So you wonder, was he cursed in the garden also? Which we know he was. But then he was cursed twice. Cursed twice by God because of his sins and disobedience. Because the angel, when they're fallen, they became cursed by God. And so, so in the garden, as he tends to Adam and Eve, he actually made his life worse. He probably had privileges before. Because before Adam and Eve, he could come out and walk in the daylight. But now God says to him that he was going to just be like nothing around. In other words, the privilege he had to be around the earth in the daylight was taken away from him when he tended to Adam and Eve. He lost a privilege. Go ahead, brother. I will put enmity. 
between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's the put put an enemy between the thee and thy women, and between thy seed and her seed. Talking about that, that Satan will have a seed on the earth. And Adam and Eve will have a seed also, God is saying to us. God is teaching us. And that the seed of Adam and the seed of Eve, the seed of Adam and Eve, would have problem with the seed of Satan. The fallen demon. The fallen demon would, would come against the seed of, of, of Eve. They will come against the seed of Eve. Why? Because the demons want to tempt men and make them fall as the father of the devil. Amen. Go ahead. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of all the days of thy life. So we see the curse that came upon their life. Because of what they decided to do before God, who was still there in the garden, watching them, doing all this. Because the Lord was still there. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were still in the garden. And they were watching their evil behavior, their disobedient behavior. Because their behavior was actually evil. Because it came from Satan, who was evil, who was fallen. And they embraced the same behavior of Satan in the garden, in the presence of God. And God was about to remove himself from among them because of their evil behavior. God is not going to stay around an evil generation who just decides to sin and disobey his commandment, break his commandment. He will remove himself and destroy that generation. We've seen this in, in the destroying of Sodom and Gomorrah and in the, the generation of, of, of Noah. God destroys those generations because of their wicked ways. And God is about to do the same to the earth, the United States, and many other nations because of the wicked ways. God is not going to keep a spirit among this nation as, because they're being very evil. And this is why many churches and people are losing the Holy Spirit. God is already putting out, uh, pulling out His Spirit from among them, His presence from among these churches and among these people. And we see a lack of the Holy Spirit in the churches. There are services that you, you watch or you hear, brothers and sisters, that it's sadly to say there's no presence of God in those churches. And people have written to me about this. Brother Elvis, people that visit churches, there's no presence of God in those churches. And that's sad. And, and they think it's okay. It's like a meeting. They talk about politics and so many other things. This just is a meeting. And we are not just judging, but we are seeing the truth and living through it. And we got to realize that the same thing that is happening today happened in the garden. That's why this word is prophetic, past, present, and future. Amen. Go ahead, brother. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. 
In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For it, for out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Amen. That God, again, the prophecy that men will have to till the ground, have to work the ground to, to, to eat out of it. In the beginning, it was not this way. Jesus showed me this in the millennium, the millennium reign of Christ, where uh, uh, you plant a, a, a seed, and it will be ready by, to, by the next day. You pull out an apple, and out of the same place will be another apple ready to go. The blessing of the Lord is instantly when we are under obedience. Before you pray, God knows what you need, and he provides it to you. People on earth have not lived that for thousands of years. But God can make it happen. Go ahead, brother. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil, and now, lest he put forth his hand to take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to tilt the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the garden sheriffim and a flaming sword which would turn every way to keep away Amen. of the tree of life. Yeah. The tree of life. Now, the yes. tree of life was in Jesus Christ. God the Father did not let them eat out of the tree of life and live forever because they would do this under sin. And that would have been a, an eternal punishment to them. That would have been them being thrown in the lake of fire forever. And God did not want this for for men. That means God was thinking to give men when the plan of God was to send Jesus and die for them on the cross. Now, why couldn't they not eat from the tree of life? Because they were not repenting. You cannot have Jesus in your life unless you are repenting. This is why people are losing the Holy Spirit. Lack of repenting. Lack of obedience. Breaking God's commandment without any fear of God. This is why God is pull, pulling out His Holy Spirit. He said He will put out the Holy Spirit, but He's pulling it out also after He put it, pulled it out because of disobedience of men with sin. So disobedience is not the will of God. And anyone in disobedience will not receive the abundance that God has for them. Go ahead, brother. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Lord. Now, we, we heard that the, the cherub, there was a cherub put in the, in, amen. Therefore, the Lord sang forth from the garden, eating to till the earth. And does, it cast, does he cast out men at the east side of the garden? Actually, casting them out out of the east of, out of the garden was actually God not wanting to destroy them, which was good. He set a cherub in. Okay, and a blade of sword shaken to keep the 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 weight of the out of the tree of life. 
to protect man from eating from Jesus, from eating the life that is in Christ, although it was free. You see, Christ was in the garden, and they could eat out of that tree and have Christ in their life. But because they did not repent, they have no right. The church needs to understand that if they don't repent, they have no right to Christ. Father God will not give them his son. And whoever has the son will have the father. Amen. Amen. And so that's very important to know. That's very important to know. You can only have the father through the son. But the the son is given by the father. Because God says in John 3.16 that so God loves the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gives his son. It is the Father that gives His Son. There's no other way around this. Amen? So, amen. We finished chapter chapter 2 and chapter 3. We'll continue with chapter 4 and chapter 5 next time of Genesis. We thank the Lord for this Bible study. I hope amen. it has been a blessing to your life. I hope God will continue to speak to your life through this message. Shalom, shalom. Tune in next time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord Tower. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hope everyone is having a, a wonderful week. Hallelujah. With the Lord in prayer, seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. Seeking to do the will of God. Hallelujah. And not the will of man. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good. Hallelujah. God is so wonderful. Hallelujah. And so again, I'm live. Hallelujah. Just for those that uh hallelujah was asking last night as we play the recording yes we are live tonight praise jesus hallelujah thank you jesus hallelujah we're alive and we're happy to be to be serving the lord jesus christ always we're happy to be serving him with joyful hallelujah and just like we have said to the lord lord hallelujah praise jesus hallelujah it's by his mercy and his grace that we can serve the lord hallelujah well, tonight, I, I, I felt to speak about, tonight, hallelujah, about having a pure heart. And I want to go to Matthew 5, hallelujah. And, and, and it's very important before God that we have a purified heart. And so the only one that is going to do that, hallelujah, it's, it's uh, hallelujah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot do this on our own. We can pray about it for sure. Hallelujah. We can pray about having a purified heart to the Lord, and the Lord Jesus will help us to have a purified heart. Everyone hear me okay? I hope everyone is, is hearing okay. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And then, so it's so important that we have a purified heart with God. Hallelujah. Well, one of the reasons that I will explain why it's important to have a purified heart, and it's, I'm going to read Matthew 5. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, where Jesus said, hallelujah, the blessed are those that have, hallelujah, a pure heart. 5.8 says, blessed are, are the pure heart, for they will see God. That alone there means Allah. Now, a couple of years ago, three years ago now, the Father spoke to me, uh, uh, spoke to me this word, and he wanted me to refer uh, this word, that's Matthew 5.8, to his people. And as he wants his people to have a purified heart. And so the only one that is going to do that is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So we have to ask for this. Hallelujah. One other thing I have in a purified heart is, according to Matthew 5a, is that for they will see God. You will see the Lord. You see how a lot of people have vision of Jesus, and they see, they see from his shoulders down. They cannot see his face. And one of the reasons is because they need to have a purified heart. A lot of people, the Lord is speaking to them, and they can hardly see him. Or, or some people can only hear him but not see him. It's very important. And it's having a purified heart. You will see God. That should see God. Lord Jesus Christ is God. So if you want to see him in your vision, when the Lord comes to you, hallelujah, pray that God will purify your heart. Hallelujah. I want to go to Psalm 50, uh, 51. We know that Psalm 51 was when uh, uh, David sinned with that woman, which wasn't, was not his wife. Hallelujah. And so here with Bathsheba, and so when, hallelujah, says here for the director of music, Psalm David, when the prophet Nathan came to, came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba, hallelujah, and David said this prayer to God, May, hallelujah, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blow all my transgression. Let me look this real quick on the, on the King James, because a lot of people like the, clean, the King James. Nothing wrong with that for sure. Hallelujah. It said, uh, King James, uh, Psalm 51, 1 said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to the loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercy, blow out my transgression. Wash, wash me truly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sins is ever before me. Against thee, hallelujah, thee only have I sinned. See, a lot of people don't understand that when they sin, they, they sin against God. And so that's why we're all responsible for our sin, because we sin against God. And God, hallelujah, is calling us, hallelujah, holding us into an account for our sin, hallelujah, because we're, we're so hard sinning before Him. And so we need to repent for our sin, brothers and sisters. Our sin cannot be ignored, hallelujah. And done this evil in thy sight. Thou, thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. So there's a day when, when the white throne judgment where God is going to judge everyone. If you repent your sin before God, David says you will be clean. Hallelujah. There will be no guilt. Hallelujah. In another word, what, what can be used against you? He says, because thou uh, mightest be justified when thou speakest. And be clear when thou judges. That's very important. Verse five. Behold, I was sharpening, uh, I was sharpening in iniquity. Hallelujah! And in sin did my mother conceive me. So now they were saying, I, I, I grew up in sin. This was my problem. But he's repenting his sin. Hallelujah! Verse six. Behold, thou desire true in the inward part, hallelujah, in the hidden part that should make me know wisdom. Now this is important. I tell the people. God wants you and I, hallelujah, to be honest in our prayer life. As we pray, we confess our sin before God. Be honest. Don't think you can hide anything from God because nothing can be hidden from His eyes. God sees everything. So it's very important we understand that we cannot hide anything from God. We have to, hallelujah, just repent our sin. Praise Jesus, hallelujah, to God and be honest about it. Be, be truthful about it. Don't try to hide your sin or, 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 no, just be truthful about it, hallelujah, and confess your sin. Behold, thou desire true in the inward part, and your heart is your inward part. 
in the inside of you. God wants you to be truthful, not, not to hide anything. Be honest with him. Hallelujah. And we know that a lot of time we don't tell everyone the sin we commit because some people like to judge. But God is not that way. Jesus did not come to judge anyone, but he came to save. Hallelujah. If he, if he would have come to judge, we all would have been in hell by now. But he did not. He came with a mission to save. Hallelujah. Which is awesome. That, that makes God so awesome. Hallelujah. And then in the hidden part, that should make me know wisdom. You know, what, one, of the, one, one of the things that helps us so much is in our inside, God can give us, hallelujah, wisdom, brothers and sisters, when we seek him. In our personal relationship with him, welcome to Miguel, God, hallelujah, can give us wisdom. That's very important. Hallelujah. Verse 7, purge, purge me with his up, hallelujah, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me, uh, make me to hear joy and gladness. That my bone which thou hast broken may rejoice. Verse I hide thy faith from my sin. Blot out all my iniquity. Hallelujah. Then verse 10 says, Create in me a clear, a clean heart, O God, and renew a spirit within me. This is, one, this is something amazing. Hallelujah. What, what it says here in verse 10. Hallelujah. What David says here, because the brother of the Lord revealed this to him. That God, hallelujah, can clean you out. In such a way, he can renew your spirit. He can give you a new spirit. And God also can give you a new heart. Which that is so awesome, my brother. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So creating me a, a clean heart. Hallelujah. And renew a spirit within me. Hallelujah. Renew that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What I mean, says David. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take now thy Holy Spirit from me. Now, when, when people usually fall in sin, this is why repenting is so important, hallelujah, brothers and sisters, because when, sometimes when people fall into sin, they don't understand what goes on a lot of time with your spiritual life before the Lord. Sometimes the Holy Spirit leaves people, and they don't even know, like it happened to Samson. Samson when, when Samson confessed a secret to Delilah, Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit departed from him. And Sansa did not know. He thought he could go back and defeat his enemy. And then he find out, hallelujah, that he, had, he did not have that strength. Because that strength was coming from God through, his, through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It, it comes from God, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And so through disobedience, the Holy Spirit can depart from you. So David said, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Hallelujah, because he felt that, that emptiness in him. He felt that the Holy Spirit was not there. He said, please, please, don't, don't take it away from me. Hallelujah. Don't take it away from me. Hallelujah. I want the Holy Spirit. Because, see, for us to go to, go to heaven, hallelujah, one, of, one of the things the Lord wants us to have is the Holy Spirit, because he's the one. He's the power of God, brothers and sisters. He wants us to have the Holy Spirit. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And if some of you find yourself not having the Holy Spirit, repent with all your heart like David did, and ask God to give you back his Holy Spirit. Just ask him to give it back to you. Hallelujah. Because it's not, this walk with the Lord is not the same without the Holy Spirit. It's not the same. Understand that. It's not the same. 
Hallelujah. Don't walk without the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. I don't want to walk a day without the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. It's very important. We know this. And so David felt the same way. He did not want to walk a single day or a single hour or a single minute without the Holy Spirit. He said, take, that, take not that Holy Spirit from me. Hallelujah. That is very important, brothers and sisters. Very important that we don't walk without the Holy Spirit. We need it. We need it. It's very important. We we do walk with the Holy Spirit, and we and if we have lost it because of disobedience, doing something God told us not to do. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, um, I'm telling you, Hallelujah. Um, ask the Lord to give it back to you. Just ask Him, because I get email from people who 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 lost the Holy Spirit. And they say, Brother Elby, please pray for me. Well, the first thing you got to do is repent. See, you got to take Psalm 51 and read it. Because what David started was, was repenting. Uh, honest repenting, because God knows the inward part of you, your heart. Hallelujah. And, and so David knew he had to repent, be sincere before God, in order for God to hear him and forgive him and restore him. Hallelujah. Give him a new heart and a new spirit and, and get him straight back again. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. It's very important, brothers and sisters. Don't, don't walk without the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Don't take a chance. Repent until God gives them, gives them back to you. Hallelujah. He, the Holy Spirit is so awesome. He's so good. He's such a great comforter. He's so much in a comforter in our life. He, he leads us to all true. Hallelujah. Uh, like I had this morning I was in prayer. And as I was repenting, I sing and all that, immediately the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit leads me unto what He wants me to repent. I don't know to how many of you this happened to, but every day as the Holy Spirit leads me in prayer, He, he actually tells me, he, he leads me to what He wants me to repent. What is it that, that, I, that I, what sin have I committed that, that, that God wants me to repent? And He leads me, hallelujah, and when you are led by the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, let me tell you what happens. You know exactly what God wants from you. And so, you know, every day the Holy Spirit is there convicting me of this and that. Repent this, repent that. Hallelujah. And I just follow his leading. I don't, I don't, I don't say, boy, I, I want to repent this other thing. No, I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. My goodness, and when I do that, I feel so cleansed, so pure, the anointing, the presence of the Lord. I've been having the Lord now for four days visiting me every morning. He came this morning, and I was so happy that Jesus was here in my house. Hallelujah. It is so awesome to have the Lord Jesus Christ. He just comes in my prayer. He ministered to me. Hallelujah. And, and four days now, straight, the, the Lord Jesus has been coming to visit me. Hallelujah. In my prayer time. And it's been so awesome to have him down here, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. It, it just because a lot of things we question, and we say, Lord, it's so hard. This work is so hard. You know, how long all this is going to take? You know, we're going home soon. And sometimes I get this worry inside me. Hallelujah. And so God uses me to comfort people, minister to people. But I need, I need God to minister to me. So I call unto the Lord. I call unto God to really minister to my life and take those worrying, worriness and concern away from my heart, my life. And he does. He takes all burdens away from me. And I feel so light. I just feel so good. When the Lord comes, because I know if Jesus is with me, who can come against me? Hallelujah. This is so important. 
Brothers and sisters, that we seek the Lord. Hallelujah. It is just so important. Hallelujah. And the Lord knows, God knows how we feel. We want to go home. We're desperate to be going home, some of us. Hallelujah. We're just, you know, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. We just, we just want to go home. I understand the Lord God. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are working to save lives. The Father is bringing more life to the Lord Jesus Christ. More people are being saved, for sure, hallelujah. And so we're working on that, brothers and sisters. We're working with the Lord for more people to come to his kingdom. It's very important. So like we see here, people come, and come off and come on, but we've always got new people coming to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So that's important, brothers and sisters, hallelujah. That is very important that we... We, hallelujah, continue to work for the Lord, continue to believe Christ for souls to be saved, and the Lord will continue. I thank each and one of you for, for that hour of prayer, that you're praying for souls to be saved through the Lord's tower. The Lord is always doing something in people's life. And, 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 you know, I, I, I get people every day, two to three people on Facebook that are joining us, people that hear the program for the first time, people that are backsliding, that are coming back to the Lord. And, and some people are telling me, the Lord's Tower is my church because I'm being fed there. Hallelujah. The Lord's ministry to them there. Hallelujah. Like our sister said, she, 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 she stopped, you know, she, 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 she went back to her church and she got involved in her church and all that. It was not in the Lord's Tower. And she was telling me an email yesterday how she felt dying spiritually. Hallelujah. And she said, the Lord, the Lord Tower is my church online where I get fed by the Lord. Hallelujah. And I, I sound, that, so, that sounds so beautiful. And so many people, that's the way they feel. They come here because here the Lord ministered to people. He filled them with oil. He fills their lamp with oil. He gets them ready to go home in the rapture. And that's what the Lord wants to do to his people because he knows how much his people need him. And he's there. The Holy Spirit is there. The Lord is there. He wants to. Hallelujah. Thank you for our sister. He wants to fill everyone's lamp. He wants to keep everyone ready. He wants his bride to be ready to go home in Jesus' name. And the Lord is going to help us as we cry out to him and we say, Lord, help us. Jesus, help us, Lord. We want to go home with you, Lord Jesus. We believe you. We believe you in this rapture. The only thing the Father has said, hallelujah, that, that this, this revival must come first. Before the rapture, and this is going to be a quick revival because the rapture is just so close now. We're just so close to the rapture. Hallelujah. And so this revival, hallelujah, it's going to come first because the Father, as he took me to heaven three weeks ago, he showed me he had a trumpet on his left hand. On his right hand, he had a, a net, a fishing net, hallelujah, which means soul to be saved. And so the Father said, hallelujah, I must bring this revival because I have promised to my, to, to my sons, hallelujah, down there, hallelujah, my minister, that I will bring this revival. And so he had promised to so many people this revival, hallelujah. So this is the anti-harvest. This is what's coming, hallelujah. I don't, I don't, how did Miguel got on? Oh, man. I'm sorry for that, Miguel. I don't know what happened there. That must have been the system that did that. That wasn't me, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. And so, yeah, brothers and sisters, this revival, it is so close to come. Hallelujah. And, and so, we, hallelujah, we need, hallelujah, to be ready for it. 
because the Lord is going to use those that are ready, those that are giving his heart to him, those that are seeking him and repenting, that are repenting every day, that are just repenting the sin, that are taking full responsibility for the sin, and they're not blaming no one else. They're just saying, Lord, I was the one who, who committed the sin. Like David said, against thee, against thee have I sinned. Hallelujah. He did not blame anyone else. He took responsibility for his sin, and that's what God wants you and I to do, brothers and sisters. Take full responsibility for our sin. Don't justify us your sin. Don't blame anybody else. Just take full responsibility, because this end-time harvest, it's here. That anointing is almost here. That power from heaven is almost here. The Father is going to release His power. The Father is going to release His anointing. That's why the Lord Jesus had asked me to ask him to put Satan in, in prison and jail and also his principalities and demons until the tribulation time. And so now has been done by the Lord Jesus Christ. He has put Satan in hell and all his principality until the tribulation time. So that's why you don't, you don't feel that, that, that pressure of evil up there because Satan is locked up in hell. All his power has been taken away from him, praise Jesus, and his principality. So, of course, they're not happy, but it don't matter what they think. It's what God thinks, and I, and I know God did this because this revival is so close. It, it, we, don't want, we don't want the devil, hallelujah, intruding in anything, trying to ruin anyone's life or, or convincing people not to believe because this is the time for us to believe. This is the time for us to hear what the Lord Jesus Christ has to say through his prophet, and he's speaking through his prophet that this end time, hallelujah, revival is at hand, brothers and sisters. It's our hand. And I'm telling you, if we're ready for the revival, he's going to use us. But if we're not ready, it's going to go by quick, and we're just going to go into the rapture, and boom, everything is over. Everything is over. Whatever's left is tribulation. Whatever's left is tribulation, brothers and sisters. So let's make sure we're ready for this revival. Let's seek the Lord. Let's believe God. Hallelujah. Let, let's stay in communion. Let's stay in union. Let, let's stay in obedience and righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. Everything that God wants us to do, we have to seek it out with all of our heart that the Lord, hallelujah, will keep us ready, hallelujah. Now, I want to say this, is that the Lord, God Almighty, Yahweh Elohim, wants His people to have a purified heart, a pure heart. This is the time for you to have a purified heart, hallelujah. Blesses are those, hallelujah, blesses. Says, uh, blessed are the, the pure in heart because they will seek God. For they should seek God. They should seek God, brothers and sisters. You want to see the Lord? You, you want to be closer to God? Ask the Lord to purify your heart. Now, as you ask for your heart to be pure, let me tell you what's going to happen. In case you didn't know this, but I want to say what's going to happen to you. Let me go back into the Word of God. Hallelujah. David, in, in, in Psalm 51, said, Create in me a clean, a, a clean heart. Other translations say pure heart. Oh, God, renew a spirit within me. Hallelujah. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Hallelujah. Then verse 12, Restore unto me the joy of the salvation, and unhold me with thy free spirit. Hallelujah. Let me go ahead and put this in the chat room. Because, hallelujah, I, I, wanted, I want to tell you, I want to show you through the Word of God what's going to happen when you have a purified heart. This is very important. A lot of people don't know this. Very important, hallelujah. When, when God purifies your heart, what's going to happen? Verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, and I hold me with a free spirit. Very important that you're right with God. Now let's go to verse 13. Hallelujah. 
De, listen to this now. This is what's going to happen. Verse 13. Then, hallelujah, will I teach the transgressor thy way, and the sinner to be converted unto thee. Let me explain this. Hallelujah. This was revealed to me by the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me explain this verse here. Very important. You understand what God says in his, what David, what the Lord says in his word, hallelujah, through his prophet David. Hallelujah. Then, then, then after you have a purified heart and renewed spirit within your life, then you can teach God's word. Before, if you try to teach it, who's going to get converted? Hardly no one. People can be convinced but not converted. But look at the word converted there. Hallelujah. Then I will teach the transgression thy ways. And sinner should be converted unto thee. Not convinced, converted. It's a very different of people being in church convinced. Converted is really someone giving the light to Jesus. Hallelujah. Bringing people to the Lord. But in order for that to happen, as God wants this to happen, you need to have a purified heart. Imagine you with a purified heart. The revival comes. The end time harvest. Then God can flow through you. For thousands and millions of souls to come to Christ, to real life, because your heart is pure. The power of God flows through it. Hallelujah. As much power God wants to flow through your life, it can flow, because your heart is pure. But if your heart is not pure, it's not going to flow like God wants it. Hallelujah. You may, you may cry out, God, God, let your power flow so people to be touched, so people to be converted. If you don't have a purified heart, <laughs> very little you can do for God. Very little. That's why this is so important that you have a purified heart, a pure heart before God. So God can flow through your heart, through your life. Hallelujah. And people can be converted. That's why a lot of people don't understand how people can be converted. This is the way you need to have a purified heart. The Father Yahweh spoke this word to me. He says, my son, this is what I want you to tell my little one. Tell them that I want them to have a pure heart, to then for them to allow my son Jesus to purify their heart in my Holy Spirit to work on them. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, when you ask God to purify their heart, he will do so. See, he's not going to make you do it. He wants you to ask him for it, and then he'll do it. That's what people do on the thing. He's a gentleman. I knock at the, on the door. Everyone hears and open the door, I will come in. If you open that door, he will come into your heart. He will come into your life. But right now, he's knocking on your door in your heart. Open it up. Repent. Ask him. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, this is so important. God has so much more than what you and I have experienced up to this moment. God is so much more than that. Hallelujah. So, so much more than what you and I have experienced until this moment. When the Lord Jesus Christ was here, hallelujah, with me this morning, you will not believe the power that was coming out of him. The true and the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to have a purified heart, brothers and sisters. He is pure. Out of his heart. This anointing come that 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 you will flow you will fall on the floor under the power you will literally fall and you will you you feel like you cannot get up under the power of the Lord literally you, your your body 
you feel like your body cannot take such a power. Your whole body, you feel like cannot take such a power. Hallelujah. Some people have felt this in deep service, the power of God in such a way that they, they have no power over their body. It's much more than that. Much, much more than that. Hallelujah. Much more, brothers and sisters. There is such a power that Jesus has available for his people that God has. Hallelujah. That once your heart is purified, once you've been renewed by God, by the Lord and the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, it's going to flow, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. It's going to flow through you, and so are going to be converted. They're just going to be converted. You won't believe all the pastors that have written to me, hallelujah. What do you do? You know, how come people are being saved through your program? I, we have people going to pastor in the church and saying, Pastor, you you got to listen to this brother Alfie. He said, what? My whole family are coming to the Lord. My family are coming to the Lord. I, I talk to people how the whole office are coming to the Lord. People in the office are coming to Jesus. Oh, glory to the Lord. It's not Alfie. It's the Lord. The Lord doing. But th what the Lord wants is he wants to use someone who has a purified heart for him to flow through them. Hallelujah. You want to see your family comes to the Lord? Ask the Lord to purify your heart. For you to have a pure heart. I'm telling you, this word came from the third heaven, from our Father in heaven. He spoke this word to me. He said, tell my little one that I want them to have a purified heart. The Father says to me. And I'm delivering a message for you tonight. Your Father wants you to have a purified heart. And the Lord and the Holy Spirit are here to do this in your life when you ask. Hallelujah. Because God wants to use his bride, his little one. The Father wants to use us down here. But his, re his requirement, his requirement are in his word. God is not going to go over his word. He's not going to undertake his word or ignore his word. Blessed are the pure in heart for they should seek God. You want to seek God in a mighty way? Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You want, you, want, you want to be used by God in a mighty way? You want to see God in your life? Ask Him to purify your heart. Just ask Him. Watch what He'll put you through first. He'll put you through test and trial when you ask Him to purify your heart. Oh, man, but let me tell you, as He put you through this test and trial, I, I had a sister, had I believe from uh, Africa. She, I, she heard me one day talking about this. Hallelujah. And she said, Brother Elvie, uh, will you pray with me that the Lord will purify my heart? I said, yes, of course. I will, I will agree with you. And she started praying for this to happen. You won't believe the things God put her through, but you won't believe the things God was doing through her. Since the power was coming from heaven like she never experienced in her life before, other people now was being touched through her. You see, you see what happens? Hallelujah. You want God to use you? In a mighty way where people can say, this is God. This is not you. This is God because I can feel God through you. Hallelujah. That's, that's what you want. You want your unsaved family to feel the power of God in their life through you without you speaking a word. Hallelujah. I've I gone through to the market. I tell the people, sometimes I go to the supermarket after prayer. And the power of God is so powerful, I don't speak a word. People jump worshiping God. My goodness, the power of God on this man. I'm not saying anything. I'm not telling them I'm a Christian. People can feel the power of God. Hallelujah. 
God wants to use us, brothers and sisters. He wants to use us. Hallelujah. As we ask Him to purify our, our heart. Ask God every day. Ask, ask the Lord Jesus Christ every day to purify your heart. I'm telling you, I, sometimes I talk to people on the phone. Hallelujah. Some people that I speak on the phone, and the power of God comes over them right away. Say, my goodness, I don't want to let you go, bro. The power of God is on my life now. Hallelujah. We need that, brothers and sisters. We cannot afford to be there without the presence of God. Because, see, you're not, you're not going to convince anyone. The Holy Spirit has to do it. And in order for the Holy Spirit to do it through you, you have to be a, you have to be a clean vessel. Your heart has to be pure. Your heart has to be pure. What do you think God said? And I will put a new heart in them. Hallelujah. Why do you think God says that? I will put a new heart in them. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. God wants you to have a new heart. That's what's missing with a lot of people, a lot of ministry. That's what's missing, a pure heart. Hallelujah. Listen to Acts 11, 19. And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the, the, the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. Boy, so many people have got a stony heart, a stone heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. God is so awesome. Hallelujah. Praise God. A new heart, brothers and sisters. We need to have a new heart. We need to have it. You need to understand. Hallelujah. I seek you, ancient 31. Cast away from all, all your transgression, whereby you have transgressed, and make, hallelujah, make you a new heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In a new spirit, for, hallelujah, for why will ye die, O heart of Israel? It is always God giving us, hallelujah, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. A new heart. A new heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me post that here. Hallelujah. Real quick. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. New heart. Cast away from all your transgression. Repent of your sin in another way. And make a new heart and a new spirit. Very important. Hallelujah. That you pray for a new heart. You need to have a new heart. And you can also ask for a new spirit. I have asked for a new spirit, too. Very important, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. God is so good, brothers and sisters, so, so good. He is so awesome. He wants to do this, hallelujah. Thank you, Joe, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, hallelujah. Let me look it up the other one, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ezekiel 36, what it says, A new heart also will I, will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give it away. Here's the Lord confirming this to Ezekiel. Hallelujah. This is another confirmation, God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so awesome, brothers and sisters. He is so awesome. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Again, I want to also remind the people, if we are in Christ, we are, we are sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We're already in heaven. We're already, I already bought a, a study about that. If we are in Christ Jesus, we're already in heaven. We're, we're sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, hallelujah, in case some of you are asking, am I in heaven? Of course you are. If someone is saved, it's in heaven already. In case you wanted to ask. Sitting, hallelujah. We're sitting in heavenly praise of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And God can take your heart up there and renew it. Renew your heart. Renew it, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Very important. You understand what God does in our life. Hallelujah. Oh, Hosea 4.11. Oh, where is some? If wine and new wine take away. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I love it because it's a new heart. A new heart. God is going to give us a new heart. He wants to give it to his people. Hallelujah. This is so important. And the promise was made to Ezekiel. New heart. Hallelujah. Renew heart is another word. Hallelujah. I believe it's renew heart. Hallelujah. Where the heart is made new again. Hallelujah. Which is in Psalm 51.10. Hallelujah. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a spirit within me. Hallelujah. So a clean heart is a pure heart. Well, God, hallelujahs. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. He is so awesome. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Not everyone is in heaven. The person has to be saved for someone to be in heaven. In heavenly praise of Christ Jesus. If the person is saved or saved by grace, then spiritually that person is sitting up there already. Once, once a pray, that person is praying for you, he's praying for you from heaven. Hallelujah. A lot of people don't understand that, but you've got to read that in the Word of God. Hallelujah. So, yeah, my brothers and sisters, it's very important that we understand the new heart, because the Father gave me this Word. And he, he wanted me to tell his people, tell my children, he says, this, I want them from them. I want this from them. And so he wants it from you and I, brothers and sisters. That we have a pure heart so, so God can use us down here. The power of God can flow in a special way. And people can be touched and be converted. Not convinced, converted for Christ. Converted to Christ. We have people coming out of deep sin, converted to Christ. I was speaking to a man a few days ago. He was not saved ever and got converted to Christ. Hallelujah. When you got people giving the light to Jesus... That's exactly what the word means, brothers and sisters. Being converted to Christ. Coming out of deep sin. People coming out of religion. I speak with people who, who are coming out of uh, religion. They were worshiping idols. They are being converted to Christ. And they're so grateful. I had someone on the phone a few days ago. Oh, so grateful for what the Lord has done through the Lord's Tower. She's converted to Christ. She's coming out of idolatry. Now she's she given her life to Jesus. Now she feels the different. The power of God is a different. The favor you get with God when you are converted, the closer you get to God, the presence, the anointing, everything, the blessing that comes from it, true hallelujah, being converted to Christ. That's what God will do through you when you have it, when you ask him to purify your heart. That's what I live through almost every day, brothers and sisters, how God is touching other people. 
Sometimes without me saying anything, God is touching other people. And they go ahead and open their mouth and tell me, hallelujah. And now I do, I rejoice. That's the only thing I don't want the devil to steal from me, my joy. My joy from the Lord, hallelujah. That's the only thing I have, and it's joy from the Lord, hallelujah. So I watch out. It is not stolen from me, hallelujah. That's, that's my only thing, hallelujah. I cannot be prideful, nothing else, but just have joy in the Lord. Very important. We have peace and joy. Two things I ask for, peace and joy. Hallelujah. Nothing else we can have but peace and joy. Because we got to wait on God for everything. We got to wait on the Lord. The Lord is using us now to save people and, and, and move and, and heal people and deliver people. And there's so much the Lord is doing. So we can, what we can do is rejoice. Brothers and sisters, rejoice and have peace about it. Because we're not doing it, he's doing it. But in order for him to do it, we have to have a purified heart. Hallelujah. God has to be able to use us in a mighty way. Hallelujah. And there's a lot of people listening to me that the Lord wants, wants to use them, but they don't have a purified heart. Hallelujah. And, and so that is so important, brothers and sisters, that you have a purified heart, that from your inward part, God can, can flow through you. And you don't even have to open your mouth sometimes. He can just flow through you, boom, and touch somebody. Someone, man, the power of God in your life, my goodness, you know. What church do you go through? And things like some people are asking me almost every day. What church that, I, that you're going through, Brother Elby? I mean, what's your name, sir? Uh, what church do you go through? Who's your pastor? And, and they always think it's coming down through the pastor to my life. No, it's coming down from heaven. Hallelujah. I, I'm under no pastor. I'm under the pastor of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Under the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it comes straight from heaven. Hallelujah. It comes from heaven. It don't come from a pastor or a minister. Hallelujah. It comes from heaven, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. So important because if, if, if you're under a pastor and he has sinned, if you don't have a purified heart and you think the power of God flow through him to your life, if he has sinned, it's not going to flow as you want it. It's very important people don't understand this. Hallelujah. I was tied down to a church that has sinned a many, a many leaders. I was partaking in that. The Lord said, you're partaking in that. Hallelujah. When you, when you walk with someone with sin, you're partaking of that person's sin. Because you, you, you're having communion with that person. You're doing worshiping with that person in sin. You're doing all kinds of things with that person. You're being one in Christ. So whatever sin he has, you have. Hallelujah. Because you're having communion with that person. You're being one. You're being one in, 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 the, in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And that's something that the Lord pointed out to me and led me into that. And said, this sin that they have, you are taking part with that sin. I said, Lord, how can this be? I just go to church and worship you and do your work. He said, but you, you're one with them. I said, oh, man, I, I, I never saw it this way. The Lord is always right. That's why he's always sitting on the right hand of the Father. He's always right. We have to learn from him. We have to learn. He has to teach us. And a lot of people don't know. They, they work with anyone. They don't care who. They work with anyone. And so that's partaking of that other person's sin. Hallelujah. And so they wonder why they feel so empty so many times and why the power of God is not flowing on their life. They wonder, like, why? I prayed. I fast. I stay away from this, from that. I stay away from all kinds of sin. But you're still having communion with a, with a fornicator, with someone who's doing wrong, someone stealing from God, or something like that. You're taking part in that. You're being one with that person. And I, I could not understand that before, but I see it clearly now. I understand it clearly. Because as soon as, soon as the Lord had me depart from this other person, my goodness, my, my, my whole life changes. 
Now I was depending on the Lord. I was working with the Lord. The power was coming from Him. Now my whole life, my finance that was held back by the enemy accusing me, now was set free. My total finance was set free. Before it was held back. And I always cry out to the Lord, Lord, what's going on with my finance? I would have to work like a mule, hallelujah, to make end me. Hallelujah. But when the Lord, when the Lord released my finance, immediately I started getting raised and work. My paycheck went on, went up right away. Everything, boom, 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 just started being increased. Hallelujah. A lot of people don't understand that. They just don't understand that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then people can complain how bad God is when God is always good. God is always good. Hallelujah. But people, you need to pray about everything with the Lord. You, have, you need to seek God about things. Why is this, Lord? Lord, reveal this to me in a dream and a vision. However God talks to you, you got to go to the Lord and pray and say, Lord, show me what's going on in my life. What's going on here? Am I, am I, am I holding on to a, to a sin or something? What's in my life, Lord? What is not pleasing to you? And once the Lord goes through your life and tells you what's wrong with you, you, you have to be willing to listen. You cannot get mad at God and say, oh, oh Lord, man, who, who's... No, no, you have to listen, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray, you got to pray and ask the Lord to give you wisdom, give you understanding, help you to understand these things that you don't understand. Because that was me. I didn't understand these things until the Lord took me through it and so on and revealed it to me and explained it to me. I'm like, okay, I get it now. Hallelujah. I get it now. And it's in the Word of God everywhere. Hallelujah. Everywhere. Very Important, brothers and sisters. We prayed about anything. We seek the Lord about anything. Because as we, as we do, He gives us wisdom. He prepares us. He helps us understand. That's why James 1 5 said, If any, anyone lacks wisdom, ask of the Lord, and He will give it to you. Hallelujah. Any wisdom you're lacking, ask the Lord. In any part, spiritual, in your spiritual life, you feel you don't, you don't understand much about your life, your spiritual life with God, ask for wisdom. Go to the Lord and ask for wisdom and say, Lord, I need wisdom in this area of my life. I don't understand my spiritual life. I don't understand my lack in this area, Lord. What's happening? What am I doing wrong, Lord? You said in your word to do this, and I'm doing it, Lord. What's going on here, Lord? That was me a few years ago. Why is this in my life? I'm doing what you're telling me to do, and still this area of my life is locking. There's a lock. It's like a closed door with so many chains on it. Hallelujah. There was a brother who the Lord showed him. He, he seeked the Lord about his finance. And the Lord showed him a mountain. And the whole mountain was a mountain of demons on top of his finance. Demon was holding back his finance. And the Lord showed him why. Why was the demon, why did the demon have power over his finance? One of the, one of the, one of the things that that was putting up there on people's finances, uh, telling people not to tie the tithes of the Old Testament. And so people are receiving that garbage from Satan, and so they have stopped tithing. Tithing, hallelujah. And because they stopped tithing, now they feel a lock in their life. They feel a closed door. They feel the job. Hallelujah. If, you, if you're walking in obedience, hallelujah, yes, you must tithe. Some people have stopped tithing. A lot of Christians write to me, oh, I don't tithe. That's of the Old Testament, they say to me. And I'm, I'm scrubbing my head. And then I take them to Genesis. Hallelujah. With, with Abraham gave his tithe to, hallelujah, Melchizedek. And then I take him into the book of Hebrew, showing the, the same experience 
Because so, oh, it's of the Old Testament. Well, when, when Abraham gave his tithes and offering to Melchizedek, he was not under the law. He was not under the law. And when it shows the tithing, hallelujah, back in the, in, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, back in, in, in the book of Hebrew, which is New Testament, also talking about the tithing. Hallelujah. So it was before the law that Abraham gave his tithe. And it's mentioned after the law passed away. After Jesus fulfilled the law. Then the tithing is also mentioned again. It's from the beginning before and it's afterward. But it was also mentioned in the law just in case. Hallelujah. Malachi is under the law. Hallelujah. Malachi 3. And so what I want to say is, my brothers and sisters, the devil is deceiving people to bound them by change, spiritual change, and put demon on the, on the finance. Then they're frustrated. They're blaming God. They're saying, God, why am I not being blessed? Why I don't see the blessing in my life? you got to seek these things in prayer. Lord, show me in a vision. Reveal this to me in a dream. Why is my finance bill being held back? Why I had a job and I lost it. Now I'm having a tough time finding a job. All these things, you, got, you, you really got to put, in the, put it in the hands of God. For God to reveal to you why and give you the understanding that you fully understand why. Because once you fully understand why, hallelujah, once you fully understand why, hallelujah, I'm telling you, you will be blessed once you take the step to be obedient. Because it's a, it's a step you need to take. And sometimes people don't know what step to take. Oh, I want to take the step, but I don't know, what, you know, where to take the step. Hallelujah. It's a step toward obedience that God is asking for some people in some area of their life that they're not doing. They're lacking to be obedient in that area. And God is asking them to take that step. God spoke to me about someone, hallelujah, my father-in-law. I need to give him a word about that, taking a step into obedience in God. Because he was telling me how his finance is being held back. And he didn't understand why. And the Lord, the Lord revealed to me why, and I'm going to give him the word soon. The Lord said to me, give him the word, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. It's very important, hallelujah. When you're tied... You're not only put God first, you're trusting God. You're depending on God. Hallelujah. And look at it this way. What you give to God, that and that is what God is going to bless you for. Not the, not the 90% you stay, you stay with back. You're not going to get uh, blessed on the 90%. You're going to get blessed on the 10% you're giving. So that's why the Hebrew people believe people should give up to 40, 40 plus percent to God. Not 10%. Which I, which I took unto myself that 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 actually that word, and the rabbi takes you through through the through the testament. Hallelujah. You get to keep the ninety percent, but the ninety percent you lose because you you got to pay bills, you got to do this, you got to do that. So you get you lost, you lose the ninety percent, and God blesses you on the ten percent. Well, then if you give to God more than ten percent, you get blessed on what you give to God. And so when I started doing that, because I, I gave to God for over 15 years just a 10% tithe and offering. That's all I gave to God. So I gave a little bit more than 10% because of the offering. The tithe was 10% of whatever I got paid, and then an offering after that. So I always gave my tithe and offering to God for over 15 years. But I didn't see the abundance in that because God was blessing me on my 10%. And 10% is not much. 10% is not much. Hallelujah. It is not much. Multiply 10 by 100. What do you got? Hallelujah. You don't got much. 
Praise Jesus, hallelujah. You just don't got much, and so that's what happens to a lot of people. Hallelujah, because if, if you're tied, it, let's say $50, $30, $80, that's not much. That's not much to God. So I started giving, hallelujah, close to 40% or 40%. Immediately, I saw the difference right away. My first year giving almost 40%, I saw an increase, a, a complete change in the 10%. I said, oh, man. Hallelujah. It was right. That, that teacher of the Bible was right. God blesses you on the 10%, not on the 90 because the 90 you get to keep. You keep the 90 and you put it in bills and rent and all that. How paying rent, you're going to be blessed? Tell me. How is it that you're paying rent, you're going to be blessed? Hallelujah. Yes, you, you, you may get reward in heaven for being obedient, but you're not going to get blessed paying bills, paying back the bank. Paying back all kinds of people up there. How are you going to be blessed like that? Paying. Hallelujah. You're going to be blessed people paying you. They are being blessed because you're paying them. Hallelujah. But once you give more than the 10%, now you see the difference. Because you've been, you're being blessed on the 10 So you're getting, you're getting little from God. But once you give more than 10%, now the, you see the abundance. Because you're going beyond the 10%. And that's what I said. I, I'm going to do this. I don't care. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try this. Cause once I heard that preacher, I'm. I'm gonna try this. Hallelujah! And I went and tried. Oh man. Oh man. Hallelujah. I was blown away. I said, Oh man. I was sitting with my wife. I said, Man, we're being blessed. My wife said, Yes. Hallelujah. Now I saw abundantly. Abundant in every area. What we needed for the baby was being supplied. People was giving us stuff. Hallelujah. Clothing for the babies. Everything we needed was boom. Just being handed over to us. I'm like, oh man, oh man, from the city everywhere. The abundance was just coming in. After I started giving the, the hallelujah, the 10%. I was focused because the Bible says only to tie. So I, I, I all focused on that. But then this preacher took, took, took us through the, through the first offering, the first fruit. Back, back in, uh, uh, hallelujah, in Leviticus and that, he started explaining that the people never gave only the tithe. They always gave more. The Jewish people always gave more. When, 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 when Moses called them for the tabernacle to be built, hallelujah, people gave a lot more than 10%. You can look it up and read it about it. People gave a lot more. And that's why Israel had always been blessed by God. Because they never had given the 10%. They had always given more. When they stole from God, they gave less. But when they gave God an obedient, they always gave more than 10%. Hallelujah. 10% is only the beginning. It's only the step forward you're taking toward God being obedient. Take the next step and watch what happens. Take the next step and watch what happens with God. You're going to see the abundance. I, I started giving to the 700 Club. I remember I, I started looking for organization to bless when I was working, and I said, I got to test this. Hallelujah. And they were asking for an offering for all this thing, this, uh, for the poor in, in another poor country. And I said, oh, this is my chance. This is my chance to, after I give them already my 10% and give them my offering, I said, this is my chance. And I sent like $150 that day. I didn't, I, I didn't got left with much more. That's all I had, $150. I wouldn't send it to them. In obedience, give it more than the 10%. Hallelujah. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, hallelujah. And let me tell you, after I gave more than, than, than what I was supposed to give, I saw the abundance come back to my life. 
everything the lawyer started providing right away. And I said, oh, man, this is a secret that the Jewish people have for so many years. And we, the bride, have not taken advantage of this. This is a secret. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Because I, I was given to those poor, the poor that were supporting, hallelujah, they were supporting the poor from this other country, and they was asking money for them. Hallelujah. And I said, I got to support those poor over there. I got to support those poor. I was given to God. Hallelujah. And my goodness, God immediately took that in consideration. And boom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I've always been advising people. You learn the secret. You apply it. Just try it. Try it for a few. Try it for a while. Just try it. Hallelujah. That's what I say, people. I try it. And it works. It works. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. It works when you try God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. It works. When you always test God. You see God in the Bible said, test me. He says in Malachi, test me. Test me. And so you're testing God abundance when you do this. You're testing God abundance. And so when you go and test God in his abundance, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. That, that is a blessing. And that's what I did, and I saw it coming back right away through every different ways and door. Door that were closed now were open. Hallelujah. I was. I remember I was applying. I, I'm, a, I'm a family counselor. Hallelujah. And I, they, the, the, the company that I was working for, they sent me to school and all that. I took advantage of going to school and studying and getting ready and all that. Hallelujah. And I remember the door being closed. After I, I, after I did that, that week... I got a phone call for another counseling position to be a manager. Hallelujah. I'm talking to you about $25 and over. As a manager, they were hiring me now. Hallelujah. I was, I, the, the most I got in my job was $16.50 an hour. Hallelujah. After I, after I tested God with my money for my job, it immediately went to $25 an hour. So if you don't believe me, there is the proof. Hallelujah. And I was on the phone with the program calling me for the manager position. And I said to my wife, you, you got to hear this. Hallelujah. You, you got to hear this. And when I, when I, my wife said, I got this guy on the phone for this, uh, for this uh, uh, job here. And I told him where it was. Hallelujah. I'm going to go into a salary, which I'm going to get, pay over $25 an hour as a manager now. Hallelujah. They got me ready to go in and start my job. Hallelujah. The abandoning immediately started happening. And my wife was like, oh, man. Imagine that going from sixteen fifty an hour to $25 an hour. Hallelujah. I was blown away. Hallelujah. I, was, I, was, I was thanking these people for that teaching. Hallelujah. That the, the 10% is only the beginning. You've got to test God on, on the 40-plus percent because I'm telling you it is so powerful. And believe me, I didn't stay with much money in my pocket after I gave that offering. I didn't stay. I told my wife, I'm going to take a step of faith here, and I'm gonna, whatever I have left, that's what I'm going to stay with in the bank. And I said, this is what I have. Hallelujah. And gave $150 offering to the poor. And my goodness, I immediately saw the abundance by faith. Our faith, God honors faith. God honors faith. Brothers and sisters, Hallelujah. God honors that faith. And so you, you, you think about this and you pray about it. 
Because I know when you pray about it, you're going to get the okay from the Lord for you to try God in this way. Hallelujah. You need to pray about this. Don't, don't, you don't need to take my word. Pray about it. Because that's what I did when I heard. I prayed about it. And I remember the person saying, and you, do you know that he, took, he, took, he took, took, took the Bible study back to Leviticus and Exodus and all that. Leviticus, he says, in Numbers, and he started saying, do you know that in the first month of the year, that's when the Jewish people tested God with their offering, with the tithes and offering. And he went and read it in the first month of the year, right out of the Bible, out of the King James Bible. And he said, look, the first month of the year, they brought the first fruit of God. Hallelujah. Right from, from, he said, from January, I think it was to March, something like that, March. And they went, hallelujah, and started giving to God their 40% in those months. They, will, they brought the 10% and then they kept on giving, reaching up to the 40%. And he says, the people of Israel always knew about this 40%. They all, you can write a letter to any rabbi and ask him this question. You, any rabbi, you, New York, uh, uh, Jerusalem, ask about, about giving the 40% to God, if it's biblical. And watch what they will say to you, hallelujah. Watch these, the Jewish people always try for the 40%, never the 10. People hear about the 10% in the church, in the evangelical church, not the Jewish people. That's why the Jewish people in Manhattan and New York are billionaires. They're millionaires because they, they believe in the 40-plus percent given to God. Hallelujah. God is so good. And when I hold that Bible study and I stay there, I say, I got to pray about this. I'm not sure. And I went and took it to prayer. Immediately the Lord enlightened me. Hallelujah. And I took that, that, that step of faith. Boom. I tried all the time to get 40%. Hallelujah. That's my mission. I look for that. Hallelujah. Every week. Whatever little money I get, I'm looking for the 40%. I, I'm faithful with the 10, but I'm looking to the 40%. It's not easy. Hallelujah. It's always important to keep that in mind. Hallelujah. Because, see... The thing is, what God gives you, it goes to you. Hallelujah. It goes to you. So when you give God your heart, so everything you have belongs to him. When you give God your heart, everything else belongs to him. So when God purifies your heart, you work totally in faith, and everything you have belongs to him. You understand how it is? Give God your heart for him to purify it. Ask God to give you a pure heart and watch how everything else falls into place. No, you don't, no, what you feel about it, you will not feel it anymore. When someone tells you, well, hallelujah, this sounds great in the Lord, you immediately get the confirmation. Yes, this, the Lord wants me to do this. I get the confirmation. Some people, even if they get the confirmation, they'll, they'll question it right away. Well, let me question this. Hallelujah, because it has to be by faith, obedient, faith. Hallelujah. God is so good. Let me go ahead and move on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Mark chapter 7, says the Bible that the, 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 the Pharisee came to Jesus. says, it came together unto him the Pharisee and a certain of the scribes, which came from Jerusalem. Then they saw some of his disciples eat with bread, with defile, it is to say, which would on watch sin, they, they found fault, he said. They found the sinful, I guess. 
For the Pharisee and all the Jews, it's, uh, except they wash their hand off, not holding the tradition of the older. And so they criticize the disciple. Hallelujah. They criticize hallelujah, the disciple right away. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. They criticize the disciple. But watch what Jesus says about it. Hallelujah. And again, you, you have any question about what I just said about giving to God the 40%, pray about it. Don't pray. Just pray. Pray. Don't. Don't. I know what I've been led to do, so you pray about it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And, and so Jesus saw what they said, heard what they said, and all that. Hallelujah. And so um, verse 9 says, he said unto them, full for well, ye reject the commandment of God, that when ye may, uh, you may keep your own tradition, so you may keep your own tradition. So Moses said, Honor thy father and mother, thou curses thy father and mother. Let him die and die. Hallelujah. But ye say, if a man should say to his brother and father, is a corbin, that is to say, Yes, whosoever thou uh, might be profited by me, he should be free, and ye suffer him no uh, more. Thou art for his father and mother, making the word of God not effect through your tradition which ye have delivered. Many such uh, be like ye. Hallelujah. And so they they put the tradition first. Hallelujah. They put the tradition first and God. And you're going to find a lot of people this way. Sometimes when you're even talking about giving or anything, people got their own tradition about it. Hallelujah. And so that's why I tell people, prayed. You prayed about it. Hallelujah. Because when you pray, you, you get enlightened by the Lord. The that light hits you like 100 miles an hour through your head and your heart. And you're like, oh, man, it's right. What a blessing. Hallelujah. But you, you need to be enlightened. It's pray, 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 pray until you get enlightened from the Lord. Because it will be a blessing to your life. And so these Pharisees were, were criticizing their disciple. And Jesus said, you, you guys... You know, you, you don't want to obey by God's commandment. You want to keep the tradition, but you don't want to obey the commandment, which is, which is more important, the commandments of God than the tradition. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, this happens a lot with people. Hallelujah. But, you know, God has mercy. Hallelujah. We, we have to pray for people. Keep them in prayer and let God deal with them. Hallelujah. We we have to judge no one. Hallelujah. We're not we're not here to judge anyone. We're here to bring us true as we as as we are walking with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is very important, hallelujah, that we understand. Now, verse seventeen, when he left the crowd into the house and the disciples asked about the parable, he said unto them, Then you also fail to understand. Do you not see that whatever goes into the person from the outside cannot defile, since it enter not not the heart, but the stomach, hallelujah, and goes into the sower, hallelujah, does declare or full clean. And he says, it is what comes out of a person that, that defile, hallelujah. It's what we say that defiles us, brothers and sisters, hallelujah. It's what we say, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. It's what defiles us. It's good to understand that, hallelujah. For it is within from the human's heart that evil intention comes. Hallelujah. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, 
a weakness, uh, uh, weakness, deceive, listlessness, envy, slaughter, pride, fully, all these things comes out, out of the heart. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so out of the heart, we give. Out of the heart, we give. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. We give out of the heart, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Exodus 25, 2. Speak unto the children of Israel that they will bring me an offering for every man who give it willingly with his heart you should take my, uh, my offering. Now look at this. It has to come from the heart. God is not going to make you do anything. Hallelujah. It has to come from your heart. That's why when I pray about it, that's what the Lord enlightened me to. It has to come from your heart, my son. Hallelujah. It has to come from your heart. Oh, it will not work. It will not work. Hallelujah. It will not work, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. Hallelujah. We have such a, a great God. Hallelujah. An awesome God that teaches us so much and gives us understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, Joel 38, 36, who have put wisdom in the inward part and who have given understanding to the heart. God, for sure. God has to give him wisdom and understanding. This is why when we prayed, hallelujah, shalom there to Amelio, hallelujah, when we prayed and we get that wisdom in our heart, we get enlightening, it happens in the heart, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, God is so good. We such such a wonderful God, brothers and sisters. It is it comes out straight from from the Bible, and when we see it, I say, oh my God, uh, uh, hallelujah. Uh, Proverbs twenty three twenty six. My son, give me thy heart, and let thy assert my ways. Hallelujah. Psalm one nineteen thirty four. Give me understanding. I should keep thy law. Ye, I shall observe it with all my heart. It's your heart. Proverbs 31, 6. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine to those be a uh, heavy heart. So even the, the thanks of the heart, hallelujah, can, can harm other people when it's not done right. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. God is so good. Hallelujah. Now, Jeremiah 31, 15. I will give you a pastor according to my heart to feed you with knowledge and understanding. When it's from the heart, always works. Always works, hallelujah. When it's from the heart. Because it's from the heart. God does these things from the heart. That's why he, he's asking us to go to him to purify our heart. Because our heart can be stingy too. Our heart can be so hard to give. Hallelujah. And when we have a heart to give, we don't give. Don't matter if God tells you to do it. When your heart is hard, you will not do it. You will not do it. Hallelujah. And so God has to, has to purify our heart. So when God tells us to do something, the, the heart is not hearkening. You can give freely because now you understand, my goodness, God asking me to do it. It's him asking me to do it. It's not man. It's God asking me to do it. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, our heart has to be with God. It has to be in the right place. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah.
Listen to that Jeremiah 5.24. Neither say that in their heart, let us not fear the Lord God, who gave us the rain, both former latter in the season, who served unto us the appointed week and the harvest. Boy, these people were heart in heart. They were heart in heart. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. You want to see God, you want to see Jesus, you want to see the Holy Spirit, ask God to purify, ask the Lord Jesus to purify your heart. He will do so, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Listen to this, Jeremiah 17, 10. I, the Lord, search the heart, and try the rain, even to give every man according to his word, and according to the fruit, hallelujah, of their doing. So when God comes to you, where God goes to, what you're saying, you know, you, you can be praying about something, and God looks at your heart and says, oh, boy, her heart, his heart is not according to what he's saying. He's telling me this, God, I'm willing to give you all my all. My all. And God says, but you have a hearting heart. you got a stony heart. You're not going to do that. I know you're not going to do that. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, it's the heart that God needs to cleanse and purify and change in us. So when we say something to God, God looks at the heart and says, yes, yes, my son. Yes, my daughter. You're telling me the truth. I can see your heart. I can see your heart. Hallelujah. And that's why some people get frustrated. Hallelujah. Get frustrated with God. They get frustrated with God because their heart is not with the lips. They pray. They say, I pray and pray and pray. Isn't that what the people say to, to God? Hallelujah. Let, let me go to Isaiah. Let, let me look this up real quick. Hallelujah. So you hear the people complaining to God about this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so awesome. God is so awesome. Hallelujah. We saw such a... A uh, great God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Listen, listen to what God says to the people in Isaiah 50. Lord, the Lord told me, he says, Isaiah, shout out loud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people that they have refused to obey me. Tell the family of Jacob how much they have sinned. Day after day, they worship me. Oh, that is so beautiful. They worship God. Oh, they were bringing worship into God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. They were really bringing worshiping, worshiping, hallelujah, to God. Hallelujah. But look what God says. Yeah, look look right there. They were bring, What's wrong with people bringing worship to God? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with that, bringing worship. But look what God keeps saying. They seem ready and willing to know how I want them to live. Oh, that is so beautiful. Oh, when you see God, you, you want... You want to walk according to his way. That's so beautiful, hallelujah. It is so beautiful, brothers and sisters. Let's continue. They act if they were a nation that that's what is right. Oh, boy. Now they're acting. Now God is, say, God is saying, you, you are an actor. You're acting up. You're acting up, hallelujah. You're acting up. Hallelujah. They act if they, hallelujah, if they have not turned away from my commandment. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They act like everything is fine. They're acting like everything is fine, and God is saying, oh, yeah? They claim they want to, me to give them a fair decision. They seem ready and willing to come near and worship me. Oh, that is so beautiful. 
We have gone without food, they say. We haven't you, haven't you noticed? Look what they say to God. We have gone without food, haven't you noticed? Oh, yes, God knows what we go through in life. God knows what we lack. God knows everything. Nothing can hide from him. Let's continue. We have made ourselves suffer. We have, why haven't you paid attention to us? They're saying to God now. Where are you, God? What's going on? Are you listening to us? What is going on, God? Hallelujah. On the day when they fast, you do as you please, says God. You take advantage of all your workers. When you fast, it ends in arguing and in fighting. Why do I tell people I don't want to argue with anyone? Why? Here it is. It is not pleasing to God. It is not pleasing to God. When you go into fighting, you go into the flesh. You're feeding your flesh. You hit one another with your fist. That is an evil thing to do. That's what fighting leads to. That's what exactly what fighting leads people to. To hit one another. Hallelujah. The way you are fasting, how to keep your prayer from being heard in heaven. Uh-oh. Man, they were worshiping. They were fasting. Hallelujah. They, they thought the prayer was going up. Hallelujah. And God was not hearing the prayer. God was not hearing the prayer. They weren't disobedient. How can God hear the prayer if they weren't disobedient? Some people don't notice this. They, they, they say, I pray and I pray and I don't see nothing. Hallelujah. Do you think this is the way I want you to fast? Hallelujah. And it's a time for men to make himself suffer. It is for men to bow down their head like to the grass that is bent by the wind. It is only for, for people to lie down in black clothes and ashes. And while you have caught a fast, do you think I accept that? Here is the way I want you to fast. Here is the way I want you to humble yourself. Here is the way. I want you to humble yourself. That's all God is calling now. Repenting, humbling yourself. Hallelujah. Set free those that are held by change without any reason. Untie the rope of whole, of whole people that are slaves. Set free those that are crushed. Break every evil change. Hallelujah. Break it. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Share your food with the hungry people. Provide homeless people with a place to stay, a shelter. Hallelujah. That's exactly what we do when we send money to, to Israel and Africa. Hallelujah. We provide people with food and shelter over there. That's where my money went, over my 40% of the Lord. Everyone to help the people with food and shelter in Africa, in different countries. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give naked people clothes to wear. Provide for the needs of your own family. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Provide it. Provide it. Then the light of my blessing will shine on you like a rising sun. I will heal you quickly. I will march out of, uh, ahead of you, and my glory will fall behind you and guard you. This is because I always do what is right. You will call out to me for help, and I will answer you. Oh, God is so beautiful. Our Father is so awesome. He, he, is, he is God. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. There's no way we can complain about him. 
No way. No way, no way, no way, no way. See, these people were praying, were worshiping, were doing so much, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. They, it, it just, they, they, were, they were doing what they thought was right, but their heart was not right with God. Their heart was not right. Hallelujah. God was not listening to their prayer. He was not listening to their prayer. And they were doing all these things that Christians do, fast, pray, Hallelujah. And fight with one another. They were doing the same thing that Christian people do every day. Argue with one another, fight, praise, go to church, read the Bible. They were doing all these things. And worshiping. They were doing all these things, but it was not pleasing to God. Who are we trying to please? Man of God. We got to make a decision, brothers and sisters. Who do we want to please? Hallelujah. Who do we want to please? Man of God. Because God is calling us to please Him. You will cry out, and I will say, here I am. Hallelujah. I asked the Lord to come to my house a few days ago, over four days ago. The Lord Jesus started coming to my house. I asked Him, Lord, please, Lord, come be close to me. No, a week before, I think it was a few days before. And He came. Here I am. He came. He came to my house. I asked Him to come, to be close to me. He's been coming every day. Hallelujah. When your heart, when you seek the Lord with your heart, and you do what God tells you to do through His Word, when you cry out to Him, He says, Here I am. I cry out to Him, Lord, I need you. I want to be close to you. It, it is, God will do what His Word says. And I know this Word of Isaiah 58. I read it many times while fasting. I wanted to please God. I wanted to do the Word of God. I know what it is to be enslaved. I know what is to be enslaved. I know what is to lock. I know the headaches, the pain, the migraine headaches. When, when you don't have no money and you got all these bills and you got all this stuff to pay, I know that. Hallelujah. I know what is to have a good job, sixteen fifty an hour, and you even work overtime like a mule, and even the overtime goes in bills, gas, bills. Rent, car payments, car repair. I know what that is. I know what is getting a brand new car, enjoy it for over a year, and then having to give the car back to the bank. I know that. I know what is to lose your new car. I had a brand new car in 2007. In 2007, I bought it. I went and bought it. First person bought it, brand new from the dealer. Hallelujah. 2008, going to 2009, I had to give it back. I could not afford to pay the card. And I had such a great job. Great job. Hallelujah. And so the Lord had to teach me so much for me to learn. Mistake after mistake for years after year. And so the Lord taught me. He, he, I prayed. I, I cry out. I know what it is to cry out. Come out of prayer with tears all over your face. You're crying out to God. Lord, teach me. Lord, Help me to understand what is the lack in my life. Why Why am I lacking finance? Because I know I had a great job. I know the Lord provided a job for me. But I was lacking. The enemy was, was ruining my finance. He was ruining it. I was crying out. I, I was coming. I remember I was coming from work. At 11.30, 11.40, I would come out of work. It would take me over 40 minutes to get home from my job. Hallelujah. And, and praise the Lord, hallelujah, I know what it is to go on to work and your car, your car breaks down. 
And you go, what's wrong with this car now? And you're, you're, calling, you're calling triple eight, and you're like in the side of the road. Oh, man. And, and I'm calling my wife. I'm going to be home late. Coming, I'm coming home almost at 2 o'clock in the morning because my car broke down. I, I gone through that for so many years. I know what is to go through that. Hallelujah. And so this is why, through all those headaches and crying out to the Lord to teach me, to give me wisdom, to help me to understand, and he was revealing stuff to my love my life. He was revealing so many things that I was doing wrong. He wanted me to change. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, that our heart is to please God. Our life is to please God and amen. Sometimes we have a leader, a pastor, a minister before us, and we want to please him so much that we please him more than God. God is not pleased with us, but we're pleasing the amen. I know I've gone through that. Hallelujah. And then God calls you and say to you, please me, my son. Please me. Seek me. Do my will. Keep my word. Keep my commandment. Hallelujah. Keep my commandment. Everything will go well with those that keep God's commandment, the Bible said. It will, it will go well. But you have to keep it with all your heart. Some people keep it, but not with all their heart. It's very different. David said, Lord, test me, check me. I kept your commandment with all my heart, David said. Can you say that to God? Can you say to God, check me, Lord. I have kept your commandment with all my heart. Can you say that? David could say that. David could say that to God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And so sometimes the Lord has to break us, shake us, break us to help us understand. Hallelujah. That yes, we can worship him. We can, we can fast. We can pray. We can read the word. We can do so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the Lord wants our heart to be pure. He wants our heart to be for him. That when God tells you to do something, hallelujah, you, it don't take you, hallelujah, a minute to do it. When God tells you to do it, when you know it's God speaking to you, you say, Lord, amen, I'll do it, Lord. I will do it, Lord. I will do what you're asking me to do. The Lord says through, through the prophet, uh, hallelujah, when it's a prophecy, Linda, that he was getting people ready for this end, end time harvest. I think it was they have to do for the end, yeah, anti-harvest, but many are not ready. Many are not ready for the anti-harvest, for God to use them, because they have not given their heart to the Lord, that God respects them. They're not seeking God in obedience, righteousness, holiness, what God is calling them to do. I don't know what they're waiting for. Time is going by so fast. Hallelujah. Next year we can be in heaven by this time. Next year, we can be enjoying heaven by this time. Are we ready to meet God face to face? Are we ready to, are we ready to give God an account for our life, for our action, for how we live for him? Hallelujah. Are we ready for that, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. God knows our heart. He sees our heart. Man looks at the outer spirits, God says to Samuel, but I look at the heart. God is looking at your heart, whether you're ready. We can say anything, but God is looking at the heart. Hallelujah. He's looking at our heart. Hallelujah. And out of the heart, God determines whether we're ready. We can say anything, like the people of Israel. They were saying they were ready. God said, no, you're not. 
No, you're not. You worship me, you do this, you're not. You're not ready. God says to them, may God have mercy and help us to be obedient. Help us to serve him. Help us to keep his word. Hallelujah. Because this is the time that we serve God with all our heart. There's nothing, hallelujah, in our heart stopping us. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 24, 7. And I will give them a new a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, that they should be my people, and I will be their God, for they should return unto me with all their whole heart. So God wants you to return to him with what? Your whole heart. Not part. All, completely. Entire, your entire heart. Because you could be serving God with 50% of your heart. 25%. God, don't want that. God wants 100% of your heart. Because if you're serving God with 50% of your heart, you're being unfaithful to him. You are being unfaithful. But when you serve God with 100% of your heart, then you can be faithful to God. You can be total faithful. God can ask of you anything, and you will do it when you serve God 100%. You will do it. You will not question it. You just say, okay, Lord, this is what you want. Hallelujah. Here I am. Send me, Lord. Remember, Jesus, here I am. Send me, Lord. He was serving God with all his heart. I will give you a king that will serve me with all his heart. Jesus. Jesus is that king. And he served the Father with all his heart. Jesus served the Father with all his heart. It, it was no, not a 25% or 99% or 100%. He gave his heart to God. All he did was the will of the Father. Hallelujah. And God is calling you and I, according to Jeremiah 24-7, hallelujah, for they should return unto me with, with their whole heart, said on the end of the other verse there. Whole heart. Shalom there. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. This is very important, brothers and sisters, that we serve God with all of our heart. That nothing, hallelujah, is left. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Jeremiah 32, 39. And I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever, for the good of them and for the children after them. See, our children are looking up to us. If we serve God with all of our heart, They'll learn that. They'll learn what God wants from us, to serve him with all of our heart. So our children that are looking up to us, they'll see that. And what do you think is going to happen? They're going to learn. They are going to learn how to serve God. Hallelujah. They're not going to hold anything back. They're just going to give the whole heart to God. The whole heart to God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And God will be pleased with them. Our children can learn to give all the whole heart to God. And when they do, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. They do it. They do it. Because children, they, they see and they learn. They're, they're seeing us. They're seeing what we're doing. They're seeing our action, our behavior with God. That teaches them much than what you can say to them. Your behavior can teach your children more than what you can say. What do you think, Jesus, walking obedient? Because that teaches men, you and I, more than what he says. You look at his life, you say, man, he walked in obedience to the Father. His whole heart was sold out for God. And when we look at the life of Jesus sold out to God, we say, oh, man, I need to do the same thing. I need to do the same thing. He was sold out for the Father. I need to be sold out for my Father. He said, I'm going to my Father, your Father, when Jesus was going. He said to his disciple, I'm going to my Father, 
your father. So my father, who's Jesus' father, hallelujah, wants our whole heart, wants you and I to serve him with all of our heart. So he's always looking to our heart and seeing what's in there. What's in your heart today? What is in your heart? Is it, it's your whole heart for God? Or there's some part of your heart that is, that is not for God? We've got to be honest. It's, see, David's heart was, was, was according to God's heart. He was sold out for God. So when David repented in Psalm, Psalm 51, hallelujah, he says, he says, Lord, he recognized, he says, against thee, against thee have I sinned. Hallelujah. Some people say, oh, the sister in church made me sin. Oh, my husband, he, oh, he gets mad at me, he makes me sin. Oh, my wife, when she starts screaming, oh, she makes me sin. And, and God hears those excuses. Like, like Adam, the woman you gave me. So it was God's fault now that he sinned. Because he said, the woman you gave me. So you gave it to me, she had a flaw. <laughs> she was blaming God. He, you know, you didn't make her per perfect. She was, he was not perfect, in other words, Adam was saying. Because he said, the woman you gave me. So it was your fault. You gave me this woman who had a flaw, and that's why I sinned. No, 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 no. You made the decision to sin, Adam. God wanted to hear Adam say from his heart, God, I'm sorry. I have sinned. I repent. Please forgive me. I tell you, if Adam would have said that to God, everything else would have been gone different. God would have not, never cursed the land. God would have never cursed the land. I'm telling you, he would have never cursed the land if Adam would have repented right there and said, Lord, you know what? I, I made a mistake. I sinned. I got tempted. I said, I'm sorry. I truly repent. I take full responsibility for what happened in the garden, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I, you know, listen to the serpent. I'm sorry. I listened to the serpent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Man, if God would have heard those, those prayers, sincere prayer from his heart, God would have said, all right, my son, Adam. Okay. Okay, my daughter Eve. Okay, I, I see your sincerity in your heart. I see you have a whole heart for me. Okay. All right. Uh, you made a mistake. I forgive you. I forgive you. All right, listen. Okay. I'm going to let you stay in the garden. Okay? And enjoy my presence. Because you have to repent. I forgive you. I forgive you. Remember what the prophet Nathan says to David? After David has sinned with Bathsheba and David repented, he said, God has already forgiven you. God had already forgiven you. Although he lost a son, the prophet says to David, God had already forgiven you. And guess what? God did not take him down from his kingdom. His kingdom continued. It continued after David has sinned. What did David destroy the henna? What did God destroy the, the, the work of David? Destroy the kingdom. Take him out of kingdom and, and put him to shame and all that. Because David repented. But other king that did not repent for the sin they committed, God destroyed their kingdom. And they ended up dying. God did that to other kings. You can read it in the Bible. In First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. How many kings they got took their kingdom away from them? Many. King after king in Israel. Why did he do the same thing to David? Because David repented. Why did God take the garden from Adam and Eve? Because they not repented. Repenting. It's always a solution for God. You, you take responsibility for what you have done, for your sin. And so God will keep what he has given you and say, all right, hallelujah. Like he says to Nathan, God has forgiven you already. 
because God saw David repenting, like it says in Psalm 91. And David did not make no excuses for his sin. He, he took full responsibility for his sin. Against thee, against thee have I sinned, he says to God. When God saw that man broken, crying out to him, he says, oh, man, I love David. Oh, I forgive him. Nathan, my son, go tell David I forgive him. The prophet goes to David. God forgives you, David. That's so beautiful. So beautiful when God forgives you. The forgiveness that comes from heaven is so beautiful. Hallelujah. It moved the heart of God. That, that cry that David moves God's heart. It moved his heart. Go tell my son David. I forgive him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And David is in heaven today. David is in heaven. Hallelujah. He's in heaven. What happened to Saul after, after, after Samuel comes to him? It's a great example. The difference between him and David. Samuel comes to David, and David, and when he confronts Saul's King Saul, Samuel said, "Why have you made the sacrifice when you were not appointed by God to do this? All the people make me do it. Right away, an excuse. Right away, an excuse. For these things you have done, God has rejected you and has taken your kingdom from your hand." Right when you make an excuse to God, that's what happens. You lose what you have. You immediately you lose it. Many people are not being blessed by God right now. They keep making God's excuses to God. They're not taking responsibility for what they have done, for what they're doing before God. Hallelujah. And as long as you keep doing that, you're not gonna be blessed. Like God promised in His word. All His promises are true. True, 100%. I have learned that myself. All his promises are true, 100%, from Genesis to Revelation. And God can bring it to pass in your life any day. Any day and any second. Hallelujah. But as long as people keep God excuses, and excuses why they're sinning, why they're doing this, evil, that evil, and doing this and that, my goodness, they're not going to prosper. They are not going to prosper. God is not going to prosper them in, in, in that condition that they are, giving God excuses, telling God that it's for this person, like 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 Saul, it was the people that made me do this. Hallelujah. It was the people. The people were, see, what happened is the people were afraid because the prophet Samuel was not there. It took a while. See, God was setting Samuel and the people. A lot of people don't understand God testing and God is test every one of his people every day. God is putting us through test, brothers and sisters. And so God was testing the people of Israel and King David, because God knew right from the beginning where King David's heart was. It was not with him. David's heart, uh, uh, soul's heart was never with God. And God wanted to show those people where his heart was. Hallelujah. The the the. The enemy, the Philistine, were growing in population, multiplying in number. Hallelujah. And, and so, you know, Saul was afraid. And even though he had a great army, but because he was not trusting in God, he was afraid. And so the, the fear he, that was in his life went down to the people too. Because the king was afraid, and of course everyone hears, everyone murmurs. And so the people heard, oh, Saul is afraid. And so now they, they were afraid. You go back to the Bible, you hear that Saul was afraid, and the people were afraid. 
So it was a total mess back in Israel at that time. Total mess. Everyone was afraid. And, and so when they went to confront the enemy to go into war, they were waiting in such a place, hallelujah, which the, the prophet Samuel should have come. And so everyone was wondering, where is the prophet Samuel? And they went back, went by, and Samuel had not shown yet. And so, and so immediately got afraid. So Samuel was coming. Samuel was on his way. But so could not wait. Because the people was questioning his soul. Saul as a king. They were questioning him because he was afraid. And they were questioning whether God was with Saul. Whether Saul was being directed by God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And so, the only way that people could know if God was with Saul, is Samuel will come and give them a word. Go against the enemy, because I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them into thy hand. That's what God will say to the king. And then he will pass on the word to the army. And so, everyone was, was waiting on Saul to get a word from God through the prophet Samuel. And so, they were waiting, and, and right when Saul got off desperate, and said, all right, I'm going to do this. First of all, he, dis he disrespected the ministry of the priest. He had no authority to, to present a sacrifice to God in behalf of Samuel. Samuel was selected by God, was cleansed, purified, and ordained by, by God for him to be a priest. He was the only one authorized to give a sacrifice before God. And so knew this. So knew the word. Everyone in Israel knows the word. Even to this day, they know the word. Hallelujah. But Saul was afraid of the people. Hallelujah. Afraid of what people may say. You hear that? How many Christians you hear them out there? Oh, I'm afraid what my people may say. So they don't do anything. They, they're not obedient to God because they're afraid of what people may say. So they go into disobedience easy. At least like Saul. Saul went into disobedience because of the people, he said. But it was not really because of the people. It was his heart that was not right with God. Full of pride. Hallelujah. Full of pride. Full of power. Paul uh, saw of the power to be able to be in control and tell people what to do. And take glory unto himself. See, if you read from the beginning of the chapter, chapter hallelujah, Jonathan killed this man of the Philistine. And so David went and took what Jonathan, his son, did, and said, So I have killed this, 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 this man from, from the Philistine. He took the glory immediately. That's what Saul was. He was not an honest man. Hallelujah. He was not sincere before God. Hallelujah. And right when he made the sacrifice, right ending to make the sacrifice comes Samuel. He said, What have you done, Saul? Because he saw him. Hallelujah. He still probably had bloody hand from killing the animal to make the sacrifice. What have you done so? So he could not deny. He could not deny he was doing the sacrifice because it was just done. It was just done. And the priest would have to clean themselves and do all kinds of things after the sacrifice. You have, they had to kill the animal with a, with a knife or something and, and spread the, the blood and all that. Hallelujah. And then light it up and all that. So he was still bloody from that for sure. Hallelujah. And, and, and Samuel comes, what have you done? Oh, the people made me do this, and I went and did it. Hallelujah. Knowing he was not authorized to do it. 
God totally in disobedience, in, in the, under the judgment of God immediately. Under the judgment of God immediately. Got himself into. For being afraid. For not having his heart right with God. Fear God, brothers and sisters, and amen. And, he's the Lord, and he said, the Lord has rejected you as a king. Hallelujah. And has taken thy king away from you. If you would have been obedient, God would have made you a king forever, says Samuel. You see? see, You see, when you got your heart right with God, God will not only, is not thinking about this life. He's thinking about you in the millennium. He's thinking about you in eternity. Our relationship with God now, it is not just for this time. See, people are blind to this time. It is not just for this time. We got, a thousand, we got seven years to go to heaven. Then we got a thousand years to go to the millennium. And then we got an eternity with God. You understand? It is not just for now. If, if, God purif if the Lord purified your heart now, you will always have a purified heart before God forever and ever. You're going to heaven. You're going to the millennium. Hallelujah. You always see God. You're always directed by God. You're always doing the will of God. Get yourself ready now. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the revival to come, for the trumpet to sound, for you to go to heaven and not be the way God wants you to be? Get your, right, get your heart ready with God. Get yourself right with God. Now, ask him to purify your heart. The Father told this, says this to me. Tell my children that I want them to have a purified heart. Hallelujah. It is for forever and ever, brothers and sisters, that God wants to have you by his side. You honor God now, you're always going to honor him. See, right now we got the most difficult life to walk with God. Our difficult walk is now. Then comes the, the having joy. Then comes the millennium joy and peace. The devil keeps being bound in hell. The antichrist and the full prophet thrown in the lake of fire. Got a thousand years to rejoice with God and be obedient to the Lord and do the will of God and grow in knowledge and wisdom and so much more in the millennium. Hallelujah. But you need to get your heart ready with Him now. Don't wait so God can use you now. God can do mighty things for you now. He's only looking for someone to be like David. To have a heart like David. David had a heart after God's own heart. Pure. Hallelujah. Honest. Against thee. Against thee. Said David. I have sinned. Adam. The woman you gave me. So. The people. Made me do it. Hallelujah. The people. Hallelujah.